This summer, big box retailers are seeking a massive big government handout from Congress paid for by consumers. Mega retailers are trying to trick Congress into enacting harmful credit card routing legislation, falsely claiming that it will help small businesses. In reality, this big box bill would transfer billions from consumers to retailers while eliminating popular credit card rewards programs, weakening cybersecurity protections, and reducing access to credit. So tell Congress to stop this big box bait and switch and oppose credit card routing legislation. Visit Stop the Big Box Bait and Switch to learn more. Thus, as I read the pub public documents as the Department of Justice action against Hunter Biden, there is nothing that indicates Hunter Biden will be required to amend his false tax return for 2018. A false tax return that includes proper deductions, improper deductions for prostitutes, sex clubs, and his, and his adult children's tuition. Again, perhaps when the plea agreement is released, it may provide us with a greater understanding. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. The big week continues here on the Ruthless Variety program. That was a oversight hearing in which uh, there's some whistleblowing uh, going on about the investigation into Hunter Biden. Yeah, that was Special Agent Joseph Ziegler, 13-year veteran of the IRS. I didn't know that hookers were tax deductible. <laughs> well, you're one. telling me you well hunter does yeah you've been, you've been reporting those wrong smug i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean holy shit oh you gotta buy hookers through a c4 yeah. That's <laughs> clearly you gotta keep that dark yeah. uh no i mean look we're gonna get into that in a lot more here on the variety program today we have two special guests including RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. That's right. Yeah. Who's here to make a special announcement. Yeah, a little bit of news here on the Bradley A little program. bit of news, a little bit of news. Mm. And then we've got Ohio Senate candidate Bernie Moreno. You've heard him here before, uh, but he's in studio, and I think he got a little special, a little extra. I mean, that was a phenomenal interview. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Good. It was really good. He brought a very special gift, so you're going to want to stick around for that. You're going to want to stick around uh we are again. I think we've have we closed the Iowa ticket uh, URL thing at this point. You know, I what, think here, people have like one more day, and then we really like we got to stop. Selling. We're putting we're putting the old man through the paces here I know. because we keep getting more signups, and then every time we're like, okay, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah, and the old man's like, guys, guys. Uh, you know, there are fire codes. There are all sorts of limitations on buildings. You can't stuff. You guys make it sound like I'm the one stopping us from doing everything. I Just can't... like with playing the music that'll get our YouTube taken down. Michael, would you like a bourbon? No, I don't want a bourbon. But there I do, you go. See, I do like, want people you see where his head's at. No, I want. We keep saying stickler. We keep saying we want more minions. We want lots of energy. But let as many people in as possible. And Duncan's like. <laughs> Only like one more day of tickets. No, like, Duncan is, didn't have the courage to do the right thing. He did not have the courage. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. And on, on the episode of Pence, I mean, that's a, that's a low blow. Yeah, so for me, not for any of them, if you are interested in going, 
go to ruthlessiowa.com, get your tickets. We really got to close that thing down here this week, and then we will let everyone know our venue. Yeah, well, if you want to play bridge in a hotel lobby, let Michael know because he's going to be your guy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you call me a nerd? No fun, Duncan. Well, no, guess. no, no, no. Don't limit this guy to bridge. He can play canasta, pinochle, parts, <laughs> spades, anything. You he forgot euchre. I'm a very good euchre player. Yeah, I'm sure that's you a, are. That's suspect. Uh, okay. I'm sure you are. Well, listen, we're going to have a great time out there. Very excited. we got some very special guests out there, too. And the Iowa people are our people. We were out there a few years ago. Had a blast. We're going to have an even bigger time. So come on board. Uh, RuthlessIowa. 100%. Also, uh, I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but I'm going to be out of town this weekend uh, with Foldy recording some incredible content that's only going to be available on our YouTube. So if you are one of the listeners who has yet to subscribe, go on YouTube, subscribe to Ruthless, and you're going to enjoy this surprise coming up. I'm a little nervous about this because this is the first time that Smug is going to be providing content that's unmoderated by the rest of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a, a significant part Smug of it. Smug unleashed. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. And I also, I'm also worried about him leaving because... As you recall, when he went to Egypt, he got the OG original COVID. What yes. is he going to come back from this road trip with? What I'm mystery worried. disease? I'm worried. Well, yeah. I, I'm I'm taking Foldy with me. He's he's gonna take make... some emergency yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some amazing content for everyone. But again, mm -hmm. you will only see that on the YouTube. So if you have not yet, go subscribe right now. I love it. Okay. All right. So we start every Thursday episode, which, by the way, is beginning to be, this is kind of like the staple episode. This is the one where we really let our hair down. Yeah. Uh, but we start every Thursday episode with a little reading of the five stars, and we do it with the voice. Okay. This one is from KTB1750, and it's titled Suburban Mom Sanity. Suburban Mom Sanity uh uh, and KTB1750 writes, Fellas, love the program. As a mom of three young girls, it can be challenging to follow the very depressing political news that seems to keep coming and still maintain a positive outlook about the future of our country. Listening to the show gives me hope and keeps me laughing. Nice. Also, your interview with Senator Schmidt surrounding the perspective and responsibility of having a child with special needs hits so close to home. I'm a mom of a daughter with Down syndrome, too. Man, <laughs> love you, KTB1750. That's awesome. What a lucky club we have a pleasure of being in, Ashbrook. All the best, guys. That's and awesome. She, she's exactly right. She, mm -hmm. she is exactly right. Kids with Down syndrome are just such a blessing. And... and People just wouldn't know it unless you spent time around an adult or a kid with Down syndrome. You, you you fundamentally would not know what a blessing and what just a delight they are to be in the company of. I mean, she. I mean, she, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. And you had the graciousness to invite much of the cast and crew here to the global, uh, global Down syndrome global foundation Down syndrome gala. Yeah. yeah. Here in D.C. Yeah. And I got to tell you, if somebody can walk away from that with anything but hope, inspiration, and just an optimistic view about human life and who people are and who they can be, I don't want to know you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that if you if you can't see it there, you can't see it anywhere. Yeah. No, these kids, these kids are so much fun. They're they're just absolutely the best. And like they have they've got such a. Such an incredible outlook on life, unburdened by all the things that, that some of the rest of us are. 
and um you know very i my my own daughter she's just she's very 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 precious to me well, yeah, she's angel she called him mr smug she doesn't she's, call you i mean what a <laughs> respectful child respect <laughs> wonderful kid yeah she should give you more disrespect but she's just nice <laughs> there's nothing that she could do uh all right duncan what do we got next we got tide fan j the title is helping to bridge the distance fellas i want to thank you for providing such an awesome and informative program Unlike so many others, I did not discover you through MK. That's uh, Megan Kelly. I found you by accident, and the first episode I heard was the Ted Cruz interview way oh, back in the day. That's a classic. That, that is, is a classic. 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 If you haven't listened to that, you ought to go back so and check it yeah. Really good one. I haven't missed an episode since. Not only do you make com uh, conservative politics fun, you have helped me understand more of the inner workings of politics and what goes on behind the scenes. I'm glad they appreciate that. We like doing it. I'm currently working in Maine, and my teenage daughter is in Alabama. We both listen to the episodes and get on the phone after and discuss and laugh about things that were said. It helps to keep us connected. Thank you guys awesome. for, for providing that. Keep up the good work. So that's, that's great. Like, we're bringing families together. Ah, fantastic. I love that. It's so great to hear. Yeah. Smug, what do we got next? So this is from High Def 51 The title is Thanks. It says, been listening to you guys for a while now and enjoy your show. I'm another one of those who first heard you on the Megyn Kelly show, and I've been hooked ever since. With all the ridiculous nonsense going on in this country, you guys make it much more bearable. Your knowledge of the subject matter you discuss is refreshing, and the added humor is a plus. You always have great guests who are informative and present many different perspectives and point of views. That's key. We always try to do that. <laughs> Uh, look forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays. Keep up the good work. Thank you so awesome. much. That's yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I mean, God, I just love reading those right? things. Like, we have the really, best listeners. We do. We really do. So we have an ombudsman mm -hmm. issue here, and usually that comes from McDaniel, but oftentimes it comes from friends of the program. In this case, MK Ham, Mary mm -hmm. Catherine, mm -hmm. who's a frequent guest on the program, uh, she took some issue with our dingo commentary. Mm -hmm. The fellas need more dingo education. Mm, okay. Dingo ate my baby line is from a movie dramatizing the actual death of a nine-week-old baby in the Australian wilderness. The cops didn't believe the mom and dad convicted them of murder. And years later, it was determined that it was, in fact, the dingo. So, I mean... Does that, are we wrong? I no, no, like... no, so that's the thing, is that's that's the origin story. Is, yeah, is, yeah. is I think it was Ashbrook who's trying to refute that there's an Australian kind of like a, a dingo Passover where they've kind of accepted <laughs> that dingoes will eat their children. This is just a way of life down there. But it's a country of criminals, you know? There's a cost to be paid. Passover might be one of the most offensive things. That <laughs> we, we had the former prime minister of this of that country on this show. We should ask him about that. <laughs> well, now that we know, I mean, I feel... He's like never coming back. <laughs> His people are like, good God, thank God we got it out of that. Oh, my oh. gosh. Yeah, well, so it turns out that it's exactly right. Dingoes mm -hmm. are savage, capable of framing humans and inspiring mid-'80s Meryl Streep vehicles. Yeah. Uh, so uh. <laughs> there we go. Y yet again, we were right. This is this is keep your eye out for the dingo. 100%. Uh, As you should for all animals. All right, so we've made a, a tradition, if you will, mm -hmm. out of on Thursday episodes talking about from the presidential primary perspective who won the week. And it's an interesting week. There's obviously a lot that's going on here. Um, I'm curious, fellas, what do we think, Smash? What do we think? 
Okay, so this was a very tough week to judge. Um, there was a lot going on. Um, President Trump was indicted for the third time. Ron DeSantis laid down a ton of money uh, out of his super PAC, uh, so not from the campaign. Um, Nikki Haley has released some interesting stuff. But th this, this week, even though there are a lot of strong candidates out there this week i'm gonna give uh i'm gonna give the week to tim scott okay tim scott has released a handful of ads in iowa and he has been pushing a very strong message and he just booked 40 million dollars yeah out of his super pack now obviously not tim scott directly but his allies in the super pack 40 million is a big number 40 million dollars yeah it is, it is not anything to shake a stick at. There were some stories earlier this week about how there's new interest in Tim Scott among the donor class in Wall Street. And I just think that he's he's sort of, uh, he's the guy that won the week. Okay. All right. Uh, Michael? It's got to be Burgum. It's just got to be Burgum. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he had that fundraising gimmick where... He gives you 20 bucks if you give him a $1 donation, you know, the gift card to get you through these trying times of Bidenomics, <laughs> which right. I, you know, which everybody appreciated. But a lot of people were doubting that uh, and didn't think that would work for him. Uh huh. Uh, and he's announced, and he announced on Hugh Hewitt that he has crossed the 40,000 donor threshold to qualify for the debate stage. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought when Doug Burgum announced that he would do that? I mean, that is something, it's right? We knew something. he had a great head of hair, but, you know, you never know how many people appreciate flow. Right. I mean, I said from the beginning, Burgum damn near killed him. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just think about a field that includes Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, all the other than DeSantis and Trump, yeah. which everyone assumed, like, they're going to do it. That's going to be yeah. very easy for them. But for Burgum to post that number... It's pretty, I mean, it's impressive. Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Pretty so, impressive. Uh, you know, on, on the front of my mind, I have a question along those lines for you because this is your specialty. I've gotten some DMs from folks who said that they gave a dollar to Burgum. They don't know whether he's going to mail the gift card, how that's going to work. Mm -hmm. But they said they've been getting spammed with text messages nonstop from him for fundraising. Do you think that that would, number one, Giving that one dollar for twenty is a good indicator of like, hey, this is a, a donor to prospect. Now, yeah, got, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes and no, right? Because like, well, you're, give, you're giving someone a gift card. It doesn't mean they're necessarily a hundred percent committed and on the team, right? Right. But you're doing the hardest thing in politics, and that is, you did you somebody proved they're willing to give you a dollar. They've saved their credit card information yep. and win red. Yep. Right. And so, if they would like to give again, that process is much easier for them. They're and also, you're now following somebody you gave a buck. I mean, I think the biggest challenge for somebody like Burgum is to just be followed. Yeah. Because you're dealing with mm. these titans of Republican politics where you've got a press corps that moves with them everywhere they go. Nobody's moving around with Doug Burgum at this point. So the, the, the chances of getting information flow about what he's up to on a day-to-day -day basis, like you got to go looking for it. But if you get a buck to him, yeah. It means, A, you've gotten it, mm -hmm. and two, I think you're probably going to be more likely than not to look for it. Yeah. So it is. I Listen, I think that's a good pick. Yeah, and I think, you know, the reason why people are probably getting a lot of text messages, the first thing they got to do is separate the wheat from the chaff. 
there. Yeah. You know, who who gave the dollar for the twenty dollar <laughs> gift card and who might actually be a long term, mm-hmm. you know, donor committed to the campaign. Yeah, that's their challenge mm-hmm. for sure. Smug, what do we got? So I have a kind of a wild pick. Maybe even it'll get me in trouble. Oh, I like these kind of things. I pick Glenn Youngkin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. this is an outside the boxer. So there is news that recently came out that Wilbur Ross is going to host former a Commerce Secretary. Former Commerce Secretary and great guy. Yeah. Great guy to hang out with. Titan of industry. Uh, he is going to be at his Hamptons home uh, having a fundraiser for what's being called Emerging White House Hopeful Glenn Youngkin. This is from the New York Post. It says that uh, the New York Post hears that 56-year-old Yunkin has serious White House ambitions. Mm. Uh, so he's going to be at the at the Hamptons at Trump's former Commerce Secretary's home doing a fundraiser. It says here that, uh, meanwhile, we're told that Trump's former Commerce Secretary, Will Ross, he's hosting that meet and greet for Yunkin. Uh, Yunkin, who was the co-CEO of the Carlisle Group until he quit in 2020 to run for governor, it's going to be at Ross's Southampton home in the coming weeks. That shows you, number one, he's not going to have a problem fundraising. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who knows a lot of folks with a lot of deep pockets, himself included, clearly getting a lot of buzz, but the specific thinking that apparently is maybe among uh, Yunkin's camp, maybe Yunkin himself, he can come on the show, clear it up if if I'm wrong about this. The thinking is uh, he may consider running and launch a campaign for the highest office in the land if Donald Trump faces significant legal pressure. If this ends up being that kind of a situation, Yunkin might jump in. And the fact that he's garnered this level of, of donor interest and in even the former Commerce Secretary. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's, that's a, a, it's big a big deal. deal. I I think what uh, Kemp said on the show on Tuesday, though, is sort of more where my head would be at if I was Glenn Yunkin. Like, there's a lot of folks in this field that are not Donald Trump. Yeah. If that situation arises where Trump's in real legal jeopardy of of being convicted and there's gonna be a lot of other pe- people out there with a nine month head start on you yeah uh, yeah you i don't know i want to see what that field looks like i mean what what was clear about what kemp said is he thinks the field is too big right now yeah. for him to be interested in it if something were to change mm-hmm. that he wouldn't rule it out yeah i think that's probably i mean look youngkin hasn't been on he's i think he's coming on in the next couple of weeks uh, I think that's probably, if I'm in this team, along the lines of what I'm thinking right yeah. now, you're not going to go in and and go against a 10-person field right. vying for nine slots other than Donald Trump and, and think that you're going to make any difference than what has currently been out there. But a lot of things change. Well, that's true. And it's, uh, you know, he has been a huge part of this. We, we've got uh, Chairman McDaniel on here shortly talking about bank the vote. Uh, Youngkin's been a huge part of this Massive. early vote movement, yep. and obviously the guy is very well networked with deep pockets, and, and it's v- extremely interesting. And can I that say that he is participating in an event where he is being described by Wilbur Ross as like potential, yeah. maybe someday type. Like that's that's very interesting. Stuff. And and also huge credit to him. You guys remember the red vest thing last cycle? He would show up to Republican candidates all over the place, give a red vest, put his arm around, and be like, "This guy's yeah. a winner." Help them out. Yeah, he's, he's a team working, player. He's working for a lot of. Te- I mean, as Kemp does too. I mean, these guys are out there yeah. spending their valuable time yep. mm-hmm. trying to elect Republicans out of the goodness of their heart. And then right? meanwhile, on the home front, absolutely crushing it in Virginia, just like. 
dismantling the whole like left thing of their grip on schools like yeah promises made promises kept he's kicked the shit out of like the teachers unions demanding to have total control of those schools mm-hmm. he's been a huge advocate for parents his polling is out of control yep the guy is not like you know this is he, not a, a nutty idea he, he won a state republicans aren't supposed to win yeah 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 all right so my winner this week is Ron DeSantis. Mm. And the reason for that is last weekend was probably the worst weekend that any campaign could ever have, right? Mm-hmm. Bunch of speculation about staff layoffs, about insolvency was the 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 buzzword about, you know, how much money he raised versus how much he spent and whether they're going to make major changes. Um, they did make some changes on the staff front, but I think they made more major changes in terms of what they were doing for the external communications. You saw him go on Jake Tapper on CNN. Jake is not an easy interview for a Republican or no. Democrat. He right. asks tough questions. Right. And I thought he hit that thing out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Did very well. Did a an event. Jake was down in South Carolina because he was doing an event that was overshadowed by a Trump indictment. Which, you know, I think most of the time when you say somebody steals your news cycle, you would say that's a bad thing. But if it's a potential indictment, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. Point is that he also got into the news cycle with what he was doing just by showing up in South Carolina alone. That takes a little bit more fortitude than you typically see out of a presidential campaign that's floundering. Yeah, it was it was interesting because it's kind of a microcosm of the entire primary. Right. It's like. Anytime somebody's about to get a little bit of news, here comes another indictment of Donald Trump. You know, yeah. the first 15 minutes of, of Tapper's show was recapping the Trump indictment news, yep. right? And it's just, what a tough place to be a candidate not named Donald Trump when you're trying to get your message out Yeah, there. except except for the fact that, like, is this good or is this bad? Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. who knows in the, in the context of this primary and how it's worked out. Anyway, I think he fought through a lot of that. And then there was also stories like this one in Politico about how there's a whole bunch of domestic energy people Mm -hmm. who are migrating towards DeSantis who've been traditional Trump Mm. supporters. Again, for a floundering campaign, you don't get that kind of thing. And that's, I think, Monday morning, all of us would say, like that campaign's in a real rough spot. Mm -hmm. By Thursday, it seems to me like they've sort of not only righted the ship, but he's running... A campaign again and then you have that new hampshire poll that came out this week yeah where he went from like a 25 point margin down to like a 13 or 14 point margin as you always say michael an insurmountable becomes amountable 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 deal so who knows new hampshire was not iowa in terms of how people thought donald trump's strength was they thought conventional wisdom was that iowa was the best place to try to knock donald trump off and New Hampshire was a bridge too far, all of a sudden, look, if the UNH poll in New Hampshire is any indication, uh, 13 points this far out feels like you got some running room anyway. Yeah, then you got got a few weeks between New Hampshire and South Carolina, which is going to be another marquee race, and and you could see, you could, you could see a huge contest in South Carolina if there is a mixed result. I mean, it happened for Iowa, Joe Biden. Yeah. Complete turn of that of that primary. Yeah, let me, let me say also no, noteworthy, and I didn't pick her because I, I did pick her last week, but Nikki Haley's response to the potential Trump indictment I thought was light years better than everyone else mm-hmm. in the field. The idea that this just guarantees 
that we're going to continue to have a Republican presidential primary focused on one man's legal troubles, one man's injustice, Mm -hmm. one man's legal bills, one man's everything about him and nothing to do with the policies that are better for the American people as opposed to what Joe Biden is doing governing this country. And and I'll raise you one because, you know, if they delay some of these trials— as may happen in the documents thing that might not happen until 2025. Who knows? I don't know what the judge is ultimately going to decide in some of this stuff or some of these other indictments, but that could be the general election. You can end up in a situation where we've got Joe Biden, inflation, open border, you know, things falling apart abroad, and we're having a referendum election on the former president rather than a referendum election on the current president. Yeah. Which, guys, that's that's a tougher hill to climb it's a, it's a tougher hill to climb and you know look we talked to la Vida, we talked to the trump team all the time obviously they're well positioned in the polls right now and they they're a prohibitive front runner but at some point you do have to ask like if your goal is to win the presidential nomination if you believe as we believe that this country is in a very very dire spot mm-hmm. that it needs conservative leadership or else we're going to tip into something unrecognizable Mm -hmm. from what we've grown up in and and what we hope to raise our families in in the future uh then you gotta like factor that in at some level dude not only do you have to factor it in i would argue it is the central question of the primary i think that for any republican running for president the central question is are you going to win the white house for the conservatives or are you going to lose it to the liberals there is no other question in this entire mm-hmm. in the entire contest and i think trump is going to do his level best to argue that he's capable of beating biden this time when he couldn't beat him the last time but this argument that nikki haley made is the one that people should be making because it's not a question of, of value judgments of what do you think the government's doing to Trump or they're giving? Of course they're sticking it to Trump. The government is full of libs. Yeah. We can't root that out unless we win the control. And so it, like- and, and also, like in fairness, a double-edged sword of that is he had control. Well, he did. And it wasn't rooted out, clearly. So, I mean, look, there are a lot of different arguments there. I think the point is that this is a dynamic atmosphere Mm -hmm. right people like us like all of you listening are thinking about a bunch of different inputs here nobody's just sort of like well this is the well there's some but the the, the, most people are they're shopping around Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who's gonna win this thing and i i think you know nikki made a good case Mm -hmm. she made a good case um you know who's not making a good case by the way who's that two two things happened this week that we didn't cover earlier the first is the squad. You had Talib come out and say oh, incredibly anti-Semitic things. Did you guys follow this? Yeah, I, I I didn't actually see what she said, but I mean, I it's just it's just like, but, but but the thing is, is it comes up every six months. Yeah. Every six months, no, they, they just they hate they're like, Israel. oh, well, sorry, we didn't mean to be anti-Semitic. It's like, right. well, I don't know if you do it every six months for four years, feels like that's just what you mean, right? 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 So she does it again, and then she comes out and apologizes, and the house promptly passes resolution she basically called the state of israel racist mm-hmm. right it's not basically i think she explicitly said insane. yeah and and then they passed a resolution with all but nine members or something like that and saying, they're all in the squad yeah so that's the point all nine members who said that it is a racist country were the squad the left side of the map and this is a crew that's very very complicating your establishment democrat 
who has counted on the Jewish community to being a core part of their constituency since the beginning of time. Yeah, leadership had to put out like a joint press release. Right. <laughs> right. Democratic leadership. Which is tough. Yeah. And, and so all of this is happening in the backdrop of this is the president of Israel is visiting the White House. Yeah. So listen to what Joe Biden. So Joe Biden has got an obligation at some level to come out like forcefully and be like, no, this is my party and my country's voice towards this. Listen to what this clown has to say. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they are. Uh, and uh, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, as I uh, affirmed the premise, pretty incredible, right? I mean, you couldn't wow. even tell he was like a mumble, jumble, bum, yeah, bum, bum, nothing. You know, the other thing, friend of the program Matt Foldy pointed out on Twitter yesterday is that usually when a head of state from a foreign ally comes to town to talk to our leaders, they will fly their flag on the uh, old executive office building and, and some of the other official buildings in Washington. No no, uh, no Israeli flag to be found. I mean, I think that it's, again, a situation kind of like of the tail wagging the dog of where you've got this squad of idiots, mm -hmm. but they really are, who have such an outsized voice in that party. Like all of this insane old policy, yes, these are these are crazy, ridiculous people. Uh, Ilhan Omar tweeted, "This is the hottest day in like two hundred and fifty thousand years, right?" And it wasn't even the hottest day of the week. Got mm. like right Twitter notes immediately. Yeah, instantly got hit with that. But like they, these are the people that are informing and controlling the left. Yeah, which again goes to how important and critical it is to win and get these nut jobs out of control. So we need to find out how it is that we beat back the left. Mm -hmm. And how we manage this process to get to a point where we're nominating a candidate that ultimately win a presidential election, bring a lot of senators and congressmen along with them. And to do that, we have RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel. Let's go. Well, what a pleasure it is. We're here to welcome an old friend of the program. Old friend? Yeah. You old mean, young friend. An old young friend. <laughs> I love that. Which is, that's the most important distinction that we've got here. RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel. So great to be with you guys again. First time in studio. Yeah. In your you new think? studio. I love it. It's it's almost like we're professional. It's very ruthless. It's very ruthless <laughs> themed. <laughs> it's good to see your faces. You all look so much nicer and friendlier in person uh, is than that on right? the phone. Yeah. You're great. I'm glad to hear that. We don't always get that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are great. Especially so. Smug. I mean, he had a lot of detractors on his look. Well, I won't talk about Smug. I'm talking about the other three. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, look, you've been working hard, and I know that your entire team has worked hard since the moment you walked into the RNC. But clearly, we've got a make-or-break election here. Clearly, yeah. And we've learned a lot of things over the last few cycles some of which have landed on our doorstep that we've had to adapt and change. And you've got new things that you're rolling out to try to meet all of this to ensure the Republicans not only vote, but we get our vote in to reduce some of the subjectivity of election day. Exactly. And, and one of the things is the bank your vote that I think is really important. I'm totally for this incredibly important stuff. Tell us a little bit about this. Thank you, Josh. Uh, it's bankyourvote.com. Go to that. But really what it is is 
we can't let Democrats take advantage of the entire voting period and not be getting Republicans out. So a lot of this is going to be education. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of Republicans who say, oh, I only want to vote on Election Day. What they don't realize is when we're chasing your vote on Election Day, we're not chasing that low propensity voter. And we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage and letting the Democrats get a head start. So we've launched this initiative, BankYourVote.com. We're going to be launching it state by state. And really, it's going to be helping educate voters on what the laws are in their state, ways to track their ballots. And then the other component is we're going to protect your vote at the same time. Yeah. We're going to have poll watchers, poll workers. We're going to be litigating in the states. But it's that whole combination that we need to ramp up even more. Now, people forget 2022, we turned out 4 million more Republicans than the Democrats mm-hmm. did. Yeah, people yeah, do was, forget that. And Absolutely. we would have won the Electoral College. OK, yeah. so we would have won because we went, we're the top vote getter in Arizona, New Hampshire and Georgia. So we are doing this, but we have to get better, especially in states like Pennsylvania, that'll be key in the presidential year. No question about it. I mean, just to put a finer point for listeners who are trying to figure out like what, why this matters and why it doesn't, we did some work, as our listeners are well aware, in Nevada last year, a uh, key Senate race there, and there were some counties that were 80-20 Republican. Yeah. That it's an entirely universal mail-out ballot situation so every single voter and it's it's a universal registration so anybody in the state you basically get a ballot sent to them in the mail and we had 57 percent turnout in a lot of these counties where there was a 60 point margin yeah for the republicans look i understand how people want to show up on election day it's tradition i love doing it i know a lot of people who love doing it but when you're dealing with 43% of people who actually don't participate in that and they have a point of view in the election itself, we got to remedy that. We do. And and a lot of things are just habitual, right? We do things by habit, right? Mm-hmm. So Republicans don't love mail voting as much, but then we can make up the difference in early vote in person. In a lot of states, we can get people to go vote early in person and still bank that vote before election day, and that's fine. As long as we're getting those votes in before election day, I don't care which method it is. But also, like you're saying, Josh, a lot of states are changing their laws. Nevada now sends a live ballot to every voter, right? In Pennsylvania, that permanent absentee voter roll, you get an absentee request form. You don't get a live ballot. So it's different every state, but Pennsylvania before 2020 had excuse absentee voting. Now they have no excuse absentee voting. So we have to educate our voters as to the new system and ramp them up so they can be prepared for the new laws that are on the books. And this is where I think the Democrats are so good. They always invest in process. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There's never an off year for them. They are always thinking, how am I going to go chase these ballots? How am I going to manipulate the laws or use the laws? The constellation of of dark money. And it's all dark money coming in. And they're thinking about that where our party, I, I hear this every day. Oh, Rana, I want to see who the nominee is going to be. Well, I'll wait to see who the candidate is. And if we're not building the infrastructure to, for the candidate to plug into, it's not going to matter. We have to be building that infrastructure this year if we're going to be successful for 2020. Well, that, that infrastructure is so important. And as you said, there are some states where there's a familiarity with early voting and there's some states yeah, I mean, where people remember like Colorado, don't. Arizona, yeah. right, it, back Washington in the good old Washington State days. is very familiar with it. It's all absolutely. We used to dominate this area in a, in, yeah, I mean, for years. Yeah, we've done we've done a lot of work in, in, in some of these states, Arizona in particular, where people actually are familiar with it but mm-hmm. 
you're the first chairman in the history of the RNC to really like buckle down and make this a priority. And I wonder if you would just, you, you talked about infrastructure and the things that you're doing to build this out in each of the states where people aren't as familiar with it. I wonder if you would talk a little bit more specifically about some of the stuff you guys are doing on the ground. So we're getting ready to launch. We're going to launch state by state. So you'll get a Bank Wisconsin or Bank Ohio and uh, uh, and we're going to go go down the states. We'll have an interactive website that you can go on and it see tells the, people about like what the, the laws, laws are, are in their state, yeah. what the filing deadlines are, when you get your ballot. Uh, like Pennsylvania, you can vote. You can actually vote early in person, absentee, fifty days before the election. Mm. Most people don't know that. You know, how do you track your ballot? Those types of things. But then we're also recruiting ambassadors in each state, so we'll be launching a media initiative, and then creating bank your vote chap uh, captains in each state as well that are focused on getting our volunteers and our voters aware of this. A lot of it's going to be education. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. The education component of this because. I mean, number one, just as a voter myself, I know like if I have to go to an early vote location, it's different than my election day location. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, I mean, I, I've sent millions of absentee and early vote text messages and campaigns. And yeah. you hear from people how confused they are with the process sometimes or how much they distrust it. Also, the like the F you, I'm voting on election yeah, day. Yeah, I'm voting on election day and election yeah. day. I only. hear that all the time. And it's we like, hear that well, all I the hope time. you don't have a flat tire. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. And so, or it snows. Yeah. Or the tabulator machines work, right? Right. Right. And so, I mean, it's just, I think that education component is so critical because we're spending so much money trying to convince. Uh, people about a process that they find confusing, you know? Totally. And you also have to think about it logically, right? So I always use this example. Say you had to feed your family for the winter, right? Mm -hmm. Would you want to have 45 days to harvest all the food yeah, you needed right. or one day? One day? Right. And it, it, we want 45 days to harvest those ballots and get those ballots in or collect them. I know people don't like the phrase ballot harvesting, but if we wait till election day, one, we can't deploy all our resources on election day to contact every voter. And the more we get them in, the more we know what our metrics are as to mm -hmm. what we need on election that, day. I think that is the most important point, point, Rana. And this is lost on a lot of voters. But being in the business side of this and, and dealing with trying to turn voters out in elections across this country, I mean, one of the things that's most valuable is reducing the subjectivity, understanding as most states... When you have early voter mail-in, they report back ballots. If there's a registration state, you know if they're Republican or Democrat. You can start to reduce the number of people that you're ultimately having to contact, eliminating the waste of resources, redundancy, and all those things. So as people are mailing in these ballots, we're basically conserving resources to make sure that the people who are the lowest propensity but still on our team mm -hmm. are that we can, can get them. And the other thing is, if you hate all the phone calls and you're sick of being attacked, nagged, vote. vote because then way. we get you off the list. <laughs> and then we're not going to bug you every day before Election Day. So the best way to stop getting the spam phone calls and texts is to vote. But I love that. I it's, do, it's almost there's a little there's a little like uh, it's an incentive there. Yeah. Or we're going to harass you. Till we're you going to harass. We you. will literally <laughs> harass you. Till you get a restraining order but i will Love say the protect your vote part of it is so critical too because we do have a lot of voters who are very concerned and is my ballot going to be safe or what's going to happen so in 2022 the rnc for the first time in 40 years we were allowed to do election day operations 
we had over 80,000 poll watchers and poll workers. We had 100% coverage in mm -hmm. our battleground states of poll watchers. So knowing that somebody's there watching the process, even during the early voting period, right, yep. is so critical to the Bank Your Vote initiative. So go sign up pledge to bank your vote, and then sign up to be a poll watcher or a poll worker. Also, from a technical aspect, so I was appointed to the Board of Elections in New oh, York City. Oh, here we go. Oh, here, here we go. We go. It's a you, big deal. Let me tell you the difference between You got a lot of Republicans do... across the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about actually voting. What's important is the difference between people who would uh, cast their vote early, whether it's absentee, um, as opposed to election day, is there's absolute chaos on election day. Yeah. If you want to be worried about your vote counting, I would be far more concerned with things that can happen on election day. If you have ballot machines that mess up, you have scanners that mess up, if you have a line that's four hours long, if anything happens, you have to deal with that. And you had an opportunity weeks before to make sure that your vote was counted. The votes that come in are counted with just, I mean, it's easy. When it comes in, it's done, there's a process, there's no rush. It's not chaotic. It's mm -hmm. the best way to ensure your vote counts. And you have a tracker. In most states, you can't. Nevada, you can track. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter's in college last year. I told her, I'm not paying your rent or your tuition unless you send your absentee ballot back to Michigan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I was so dead good. serious. Yeah. There was no joke in my game. But we, I, she, she sent, I sent it to her, or she got it out at BYU, and then she sent it in, and I could tell that it had been it had been voted and tracked and that it had been logged. My son's here today. I'm going to do the same thing for him. So be ready when, when you vote this year, you better get it in. Yeah, she's a real pistol. You brought yeah. him in here. And I brought my 18-year-old. I wanted to be at him uh, him to be around some good influencers. I'm not know? sure that you brought him to <laughs> the right place. Some good male role models, right? I thought, Nash, I'm going to take you to the you know the height of sophistication. <laughs> the Animal here Fighting Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nash, you're welcome anytime. Well, this is, I'm not sure your mom's going to like the end result, but come on in. You know, sometimes you make some mistakes as a mom. This might go in that. I love it. All right. So this is, you're, you're doing state by state. We're going to be rolling out the, the website itself, but you're also rolling out. I imagine you're, I mean, look, your database of Republican voters is massive. You're contacting people directly mm -hmm. through, through their emails and whatnot. Like you got to open these things up. You got to open them up. I mean, we're, we I hear this every day. People are getting inundated by these these mail pieces that are coming, right. email, digital, spam, the texting. But we have to engage. And, you know, that's part of where door knocking does come into effect, too, later yeah. on. When you do have a ground game and you create people door knocking in their own neighborhood. I used to take Nash in my neighborhood. Hi, I'm Ron. I live down the street. Our kids go to school together. Can I talk to you about the importance of this election? Mm -hmm. And that is where that person-to-person -person connection can make a big difference in, in efforts like this. Your neighbors, your mm -hmm. local people yeah. you trust. and People you go to church with, yeah. uh, people you your kids go to school with. You know, the best validator for any voter is talking to somebody they know about that candidate. The yeah. best is meeting the candidate, right? Up, yeah. up, up close and personal. But then, hey, I know this person and they're mm -hmm. my friend. And let me tell you, they care about our kids and they understand what's happening in our school district. And that is, in a lot of ways, the best way to influence a vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, look, it's well, very well done. I'm glad you're doing it. Imperative that everybody engage in this. So make sure you open those because look, we're living in, a, in an age, in a digital age, well, there's a lot of bad actors. There's a lot of people that are trying to take advantage of the system to get to a point where they're just they're constantly spamming people to get somebody to open something. If you see something from the RNC, 
open that thing. And look at the paid for at the bottom. Yeah, if you exactly. get an email, I, I look at this all the time. People say, oh, help with this or help with this. And then you look at the paid for and it's some obscure organization right. with an address in Delaware yeah. or something. But if it's not paid for by the Republican National Committee, it's not being sent by the Republican National Committee. That's same with all the candidates. Just get wise as you're giving money because people will just raise money and profit and not be doing what the donor intended, the investor intended, which is how do we win this election? Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys are engaged all of the time. And, and all over the place. It's, all it's about, the place. Uh, just, just one more thing I'd like to add here. It's about more than just the presidential. I'm not trying to undersell the importance of the presidential race, but there are thousands of races all across the country that you guys are playing an instrumental role in making sure that a Republican is not only on the ballot, but also wins the election. And it starts at the top of the ticket, but it is, it, it's... I don't think I don't think people listening really understand how important the RNC is to Republican success in the fall across the map. Thank and, you. And I, f I feel like you guys are doing so much more than just I'm, I'm not trying to de the debates are important. Every everything else. Every really fluffing her pillows. Here. I know it's really this good. My son funny. is he's going to be so much nicer to his mom. The, <laughs> the, the reality is the RNC is essential to Republican success. And it, I just don't think enough people understand No that. question. I think it is, and especially when you think of it this way. A lot of people focus on TV, and TV's great, and you need it to communicate your message, especially a candidate as they're trying to persuade voters. But not as much is spent on the infrastructure. So we build the road. All the cars drive on our road. If you don't have a road, you can't get to your destination. Things that are unsexy, voter registration, litigation. Mm -hmm. We're in 50 lawsuits right now. Uh, the Bank Your Vote initiative, our engagement community centers and minority communities, where we already have them open and target house districts that are going to be harder to hold in a presidential year in California and New York. These are the types of things, that ground game, that turnout game, that the RNC does that's so instrumental. And yeah, I will just say Just as this, simple as like yeah, voter file data. Just voter file you data. You know, like and think all these that. local candidates who- We give it to they, the candidates. They might raise $5,000 for their campaign, right? But like having access to that data is a huge leg up for them that they otherwise wouldn't have. And then yeah. it feeds, right? right? So I always talk about when I was Michigan chair in 2016, but when Trump won Michigan in 2016, we had no statewide ballots, or no statewide offices up, attorney general, yeah. governor, mm. nothing. But what we did is, what I did as Michigan chair is we said, we are gonna fill every slot on the ballot. If it's a D plus 30 congressional district, we're gonna recruit somebody, we're gonna get their petition signed, and we're gonna get them on the ballot. Why? A serious candidate. Because it's not just top yeah. down, it's bottom up. Yeah. If they see their friend running for school board, you're gonna get 10 more people to come vote because they know somebody, because mm. that slot is filled. So in 2016, 100,000 people left the top of the ticket empty in Michigan. 100,000 mm. people, but they turned out for local races. Hmm. So that helped President Trump win Michigan just as much as he helped those candidates. It goes both ways. But having a strong ground game and a turnout for every part of the ballot is critical to winning at every level. Oh, well, these are nuts and bolts stuff. I love this stuff. Oh, I know I'm a total don't. nerd. I love it, it's stuff. critical. It's very important. Um, so obviously, the RNC becomes the bell of the ball. Yes. During a presidential election cycle. Are we cycle. the bell, though? Are, are, no. you, are you the bell? I mean, it's tough. It, right it's now. hard. It's tough. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, you've got an amazing number of very qualified, incredibly gifted candidates out in the field working their tails off. Yeah. And all teams. of them better than Joe Biden by far. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. 
And obviously, it is the RNC's role to remain neutral in that contest, uh, but allow for a playing field that everybody can compete. Um, part of that is hosting debates, and you got a big one coming up. We have a big one coming up. We're yeah. really excited. So we're going to be in Milwaukee in August. <laughs> this is very exciting. It's a great time to be in the Great Lakes, by the way, in the Midwest. Totally, August, yeah. you know, it's better than being in some of those other pure states. Michigan. Yeah, pure Michigan, pure pure Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. this time. Um, but it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Uh, this the the RNC members are going to be there. It's going to be this great big party. We have all these vendors coming from Milwaukee that are going to show uh, their their businesses and try and get business for the convention. So it's going to be great. You know what? Uh, you guys should come. Uh, you know what? I have an idea. Okay. okay right. I'm going to go is, low rogue here. What is this yeah. idea? Who should I put on the spot the most? I'm going to go Josh. Okay. Um, You guys should come do a show there. You should do like a college game day type thing at the a debate. A college game day the at, the at the debate? Yeah, at the debate. You mean like yeah. at the venue? I don't know. I've got a, I might be. Um, Are you speaking out I'm, of turn? I probably have some staff freaking out right now. Are you speaking out of turn? I'm speaking out of turn. But how fun. Like, look at this. Wouldn't that be fun? A college game day at the debate at the debate in milwaukee that'd be amazing a uh, ruthless I'm, game day i'm 100 in for this <laughs> i would be there 100 percent there we don't like need, it we don't need any consultation we accept <laughs> okay madam chair i might need some consultation i might have jumped the gun there, but i think that'd be so fun it yes. would be so great. you guys could do like here i'll produce the show yeah <laughs> like man on the street bring like people up and, and you got to be awesome. careful what you ask for because we're gonna hype people up I love that. I mean, idea. we're we're a hype machine. That'd be is what so we are. fun. It would be. I love college game day. Nash, you gonna go? Course. Yeah, okay. so Nash is going to be there. there. Go. So that's Nash can be a co-host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on up. He already has his Ruthless Program shirt. <laughs> yeah, we already got him a shirt. He's all set. Yeah, the program. Yeah. We, I mean, this. Yes, you thank like you. That idea? I think hundred percent. Okay. That's the best idea ever. That's incredible. So we will See, be now. There. I'm definitely your favorite chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. by far. <laughs> Rents could never. The RNC. <laughs> Rents could never. Rents. <laughs> Rents could never. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Brabus. That is, I can't control her. Rights will be there, so be careful, because he's hosting the. He's the head of the host committee, so this is a Rana Wright's production. Okay, well, so we have to be sort of kind. Yeah, to we, and you should have him on the show. Yeah, he no, he can come on out. He can come on after me. He okay. can be, there we go. I'll, I'll be your headliner. We have a lot of planning to do, but we will not let Would you, you down. Would you do that? We honestly? will not let you down. We I will, would love for you guys to do that. We will go out and we will get people more hyped about this debate than any other debate in the history of mankind. Yeah, I love Count it. Count me in. Oh, I love it. Okay. No, this is great. This is great. Mike's being quiet. Mike, do you like the idea? No, I love the okay, idea. Okay, good. All right. I was like, yeah, I like right. to sing and dance and entertain. He, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, okay. Maybe put together a number or two. Yeah. He can. He was a madrigal in high school. I was. What is a madrigal? It's a singer. Oh, okay. yeah, show choir. <laughs> it's somewhat of a. I wasn't uh, involved in show choir, so I don't know. What yeah, that no, is. no, you actually had friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's the younger brother on the show, so we can do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love show choir. I think that's great. My understanding is madrigal is a little bit like any sort of choir that you see. It just a higher octave. Just oh, okay. a little bit, you know, like a really? like a castrata, angelic. Yeah, no. In, I had in many no ways. idea. It's it's, yeah. it's more like um, it's more like the Navy Seals of oh. uh, <laughs> high school <laughs> <singing>. <laughs> definitely. You know, it's the, the top gun. tactical tactical operator with a Shakespearean hat. Pair, pair, <laughs> pair. <laughs> 
It's the top gun of high school if, singing. If we show up in or like a theater squad outside, we're gonna get our asses kicked. You, you know understand? what? I think yeah. if you come with your madrigal outfit. Oh, great idea! And push this bank is, your oh, vote. Oh, great idea! Huh? You should push bank your vote. In I will. Wisconsin, we gotta win Wisconsin. Yeah. Now we have our instructions. Everyone will look. <laughs> Ruthless is only invited to the pre-debate college game show or game day yeah. if you wear a madrigal. Oh, okay. Oh, oh my God, this is unbelievable. That's now we have Otherwise, the otherwise the invitation is. Listen, rescinded. she said it's a rule. So. That's the rule. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, rule. that makes it pretty easy because it's just a tuxedo. Oh, you okay. go full tuxedo. I there love you go. it. I'm full tuxedo. Be a Navi tuxedo. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll probably go powder blue tuxedo. <laughs> like uh, uh, Armani, like Dumb and Dumb and Dumber. Armani doesn't make a blue tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> Armani would never make a blue. <laughs> so it's, it's like that, a Napoleon Dynamite type of thing. It's yeah. August twenty third. That's August twenty third in, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Let's in get Milwaukee. as many ruthless listeners out there for this yeah, college listen, game day. This is to, gonna be amazing. You need you to better flood show up. the rink. I can promise you that if you show up to this situation, you're gonna have the time of your lives. 100%. We will absolutely ensure it. You know what you need? You need those little guns that shoot the t-shirt. T-shirt cans. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have those? No, we'll get them. We will. Okay. <laughs> we'll get them. I'm gonna we keep coming will. up with ideas. Wolf, did you hear that? T-shirt, t-shirt cannons? cannons? There we go. Cannons. Can we do that? Okay. Put out the ruthless shirts. I feel like you're going to maybe have to have a training session as a former Marine with Smug in terms of how to like operate. Small arms and mortars? Yeah. <laughs> Except for T-shirts? Like not directly at the face. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing within 10, 15 feet. Yeah, that could be a problem. Uh, okay. So, but look, back to, thank you, by the way. Absolutely. Thank you that's, so much. Thank you, guys. That's, that's an incredibly generous offer, and we will 100% okay. do it. We'll make it work. All right. I'm I'm going to make sure. I hope my Keith is calling RNC headquarters right now. Yeah, Keith looks know. like he's shifting his seat a, a touch. <laughs> you know, we're not going to embarrass you even a little bit. Sure. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a lot. A, that's Well, you know, okay. we, we always apologize. So, so Keith just said he'll make it happen or he resigns. So <laughs> that's a team player. <laughs> that's a exactly. Player. That's right. He'll make it happen. Um, so the debate itself. Yes. Obviously, you've got this criteria, which we are on record collectively as a program of saying this was brilliant. This was exactly what the RNC should do. Make sure that people have 40,000 donors before yep. they show up. You cannot walk into a presidential election thinking you can compete if you can't raise small dollar a thousand percent, right? You can't you can't because it's one thing to say, "Oh, this is th- this is unfair." Oh, it, it, you know, this is all about money. No, the Democrats are going to trounce you to the point where all of us are at the end being like, "Oh, I, I wonder why we couldn't compete." This isn't intended to be a punitive exactly. piece of criteria. This is intended to be a building block to success. And if you don't have a small dollar fundraising operation, you cannot beat Joe Biden. Exactly. And this is why we put this forty thousand threshold. The Democrats had sixty five thousand, by the yeah. way, for mm-hmm. their first debate. Mm-hmm. So we actually took it less, and it has been kind of amazing to see that it's hard for some of these guys yeah. to do this. So it's been good for them to learn too. Because yep. I don't think they would have been building it unless no, we you, forced them right, to Right, you do were it. forcing a culture change. And I said this a long time. You don't get to the Olympics without passing the prelims, right? Mm-hmm. Our debate stage is the Olympics. You are running to be president of the United States. I don't want people on who are running for cabinet positions or yep. book deals there or media contracts. Go. Perfect. So if you are not a legitimate yeah. candidate for president of the United States, then you shouldn't be on our stage. Mm-hmm. And to be legitimate, you need to be at 1% in three national polls, not a really high threshold, yeah, it, and 40,000 small dollar donors. And it's no offense, right? It's no I mean, offense. The, the thing is, is this is just what it takes. This is table stakes. Mm-hmm. This is the Olympics yeah. of politics. And 
I do feel like, and I, I don't disparage any of these candidates, but I don't want people running to build their name ID mm-hmm. yeah. or get a TV show later. You need to be, if we are gonna take time away from our stage and when you have nine candidates, remember in a 90 minute debate, that's less than 10 minutes per person, right? Yeah. So we need to be able to hear from these candidates so the voters can make that decision as to who's best to face Joe Biden and mm-hmm. win the White House. Well, I, my understanding is what we already have six or seven that have qualified for the debate. Uh, yeah, obviously there's the big question about whether the former president is going to show up. Toys with it. He toyed with it two years He's ago. He's going to do it till the very end. Like ago. people panic about it. And yeah. I'm like very calm about Sanguine. it because I know him. Yeah. And listen, his consultants are saying you're up 40. Don't do it. Yeah. That's what he's being told, right, by his team. So he may not show up. I think he should because I think the voters want to hear him debate. And I think it's more than just the primary, which I think those voters deserve to hear from everybody to earn the nomination. But if you end up being the nominee for any of them, why would you uh, forego a 20 million person audience right. mm-hmm. against Joe Biden? I mean, that's going to be It's key. also like telling a quarterback who throws the ball 70 yards not to do the long toss. Like this guy has dominated debates since the moment he showed up in politics. It's I have like- to be neutral on that, but he does. <laughs> debates have not been his, you know, yeah, shortcoming. It, it, but we've talked about it. I, like, I just can't imagine Donald Trump watching that debate at home. Like, no. I think it, he would regret it. What if he just sat in the audience and watched it? That would be pretty funny. Well, we no, we, we now have a game day set up. We welcome to take questions says, from the audience. I'm not doing the debate. <laughs> I'm going to go do the Ruthless podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the call we'd get I'm from doing- Rana on that deal? <laughs> <laughs> you would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be like a t- I hope he tin does the cup debate. and a hat. Yeah. I personally hope he does the debate. I talked to him by friends and people all, all across the country. They really want him to do it. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to. Yeah. And I think he'll keep us guessing till the very end. Well, look, that's, I mean, that's not your, your job is to try to provide the forum, yeah. and th- which is what you're doing. And you're doing all of this stuff on the ground. Um, you're dealing with candidates up and down the ticket, Senate candidate. You're working with the senatorial committee, the congressional committee. I like how you feel things are going. I, well, I feel really good. I mean, Steve Daines is running the Senate committee this cycle, and Richard Hudson is the congressional committee. Good this partners. Great partners. This is my fourth go-around on this. Yeah, I've had a different chair with the Senate committee every time. But they're great teams. They're great to work with. I, I think we all understand the mission. We mm-hmm. have the best Senate map we're going to have probably in the next 12 years. Yep. If we can't take the Senate this cycle, we're, we're probably not going to take it. Yep. So. We have to be all in in states like Montana, West Virginia, Ohio, but also Pennsylvania, Nevada. Michigan's going to be an open seat. So I feel very good about the teams that they've put together. We love working together. It's very cohesive. And that should make investors feel good, that Mm. we're not replicating or competing, that we're actually, instead of having redundancies, we're complementing each other with what we do to maximize turnout for Election Day. Yeah, and I can attest to that. There's a good, good working relationship this cycle that is – Gonna produce results. Yeah. Obviously, it starts with the top of the ticket. On I've down. loved them all, all the chair. I, they've all been great. So I've well, had a great have, working relationship you know, with all of them. Look, we we may quibble with a few here <laughs> in the variety <laughs> program. <laughs> we make. I don't. I got along with all of them, but it is it you're, does change cycle to cycle when they bring their team in. You're a diplomat, and, yeah. and like like Ron had said that this is this Senate map is mm-hmm. a wonderful opportunity. It One sure of the best is. opportunities we've had a very long time, but it's also so critical because taking the Senate back is huge when you have people like, you know, Sheldon Whitehouse running the judiciary saying he wants to like 
pack the court and get rid of Supreme Court justice. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, we got to put a stop to all. Of we got to put a stop to all of it. And if you get a new administration, the only way that you get their people approved is having a Senate. And so you know, this stuff. Judges is all... are critical. Yeah. I mean, it's just we're not going to have a map like this again. You know, twenty twenty two, everybody was shooting for the stars and saying we're going to flip the Senate, which I we could have, but it wasn't that map for us as as good as this one. I mean, they we had twenty one seats up in twenty twenty two, they had very few. Now they have 23 up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They have 23 up. This is our best chance. Our Having biggest, to defend Montana, West Virginia. Yeah, and the ones we have to defend are what? Florida and Texas. Those are probably our more two most difficult. So we're in a great position to take back the Senate, but we have to invest. And what I will say is 96% of the people who won in 2022 had the most money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Money matters. Money matters. And so when people are like, oh, we didn't win and we didn't this, well, did you invest? Yeah. Did you put resources in? Because right now, I think the Democrats are hyped and they're investing. And I think Republicans have got to up their game on investing and getting resources. A hundred percent. Right now. I you, really do. You guys are doing a great job of driving a message on that. Like we said, you know, when you get mad, don't write a five paragraph essay on Facebook. Give two bucks. Exactly. Give two bucks. To like, a candidate a you like, yeah. whatever. But if, if you don't care about the candidate in the primary, then invest in whoever gets the nomination and then invest in the party to build the infrastructure. Yeah, and I have absolutely no doubt that you're going to be able to bring everybody together here regardless of the outcome of the of the nomination fight itself. We have one question. We sure. already asked you your three. All right. Yeah, you did do my three. We did your three. But we do have an additional one. Oh, that okay. I like it. Uh, Smash. He's our animal guy. Okay. So uh, we've there's a lot of talk on this show about animals and why people are better than animals. And <laughs> Wait, people are so much better than animals. Yeah, it's and they're after us. I don't know if you. I'm noticed. allergic to animals. <laughs> 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 I really am. Nash, this is a true story. Nash one day was like, "Mom, if if you die, can we get a dog?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh the post-mortem <laughs> approval. He was little. He was like four. Because I'm so, I'm, de I'm deathly allergic to dogs. I can't have dogs. And I was like, yeah, Snash, if I die, you can get a dog. Oh and then he thought for a minute and he's like, actually, mom, I'd rather have you. So oh. I need to have a dog. Good choice. So great. What a good son. Well, he was testing the waters. He was. I want to see what's they, out there. He loves dogs. I do too. I just cannot be anywhere near them. So yeah. you're perfect for this. No, okay, go on with the animal question. So thinking through the animal kingdom, and it runs a full gamut, what is the biggest animal that you feel like you could take out mano a mano? Bare hands. Mano a mano. Bare hands. And you, gotta remember, you can do this all <laughs> within the confines before the allergy fully takes I would takes not want to kill an animal. I, it may not be an animal person, but I don't want to kill one. <laughs> <laughs> what about just like make it submit? Make it like... You know, I mean, when we lived in Baltimore, we, my husband and I, we would literally be watching TV and mice would just be going See, all oh, across. Problem. Oh, I, no. Like we were taking out mice left and right. <laughs> I mean, he'd be like, I'm going to lift the couch and you get the broom and we're taking that mouse out. So I know I can take a mouse. So a rodent. Sure. Or any type of rodent. They're I don't nuisance. know, a rat. They're real um, yeah. menaces. They feel, are real menaces. I feel like a rodent actually is pretty good for the job description that you have now. You're taking out rodents. Yeah, I like it. I'm oh, it's good. <laughs> Clean it up. I'm a it's pest good. control. I'm not RNC chair. I'm a pest control. <laughs> that's my new. That's my new title. That's your new title. Listen, I can't thank you enough. Uh, for people who are following along, obviously you're everywhere. You're on TV all the time. RNC, go to the website. Yep. Follow along. 
I'm on Facebook. I don't really go on social media all that much, but I should. Yeah, what's there? To, it's, it's. I mean, I'm on it, but it's I just, for fighting. I don't look at the comments, so don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't bother. Yeah, yeah, but that's. I mean, people can follow along with everything that you're up to. Yeah, they definitely should follow this bankervote. Bankervote.com. Go to it. Pledge to bank your vote, and then we will be sending you updates as we get further and further into the election cycle. Bankyourvote.com. This is so critical. Absolutely. You got it on it. And Ruthless is coming to the debate. Yes. Can't wait. This is that's a Those are the two big there's two big news items that happened today. Two big news (laughs) items. I imagine it's going to shock the world. And that Nash wanted his mom to die so he could Nash, you interested in an internship of any kind? I feel like you're. I'm on it. Like he's got the right stuff. Yeah, going, fellas. absolutely. You know, there's an open chair right there. Oh, I love it, Ronna. Thank you Thanks, so much guys. for joining thank you so us. Much. Absolutely. Boy, she is so good. And I mean, this is. Huge. I like Nash. I yeah. don't like that kid. He's a good kid. I like the cut of he's, his jib. He, you know what? He's very well mothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be like the most consequential guess of being like, you know what? How about college game day? Can you believe that I mean, just happened? Incredible. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, this is huge. I, we're, we're actively going to begin planning, and this is going to be the biggest show in politics. So you've got what you're looking at right now with the fellas here, Wolf behind the dais. We're going to be doing a college game day setup. In Milwaukee, August 23rd. August 23rd. Everyone's invited. For the debate. If you don't show up for that, I don't know what you're doing. If you can get there, if planes, trains, and automobiles, you got to come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ideas we've already begun kicking around the past 30 minutes, this is going to be the greatest show on earth. Oh. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. I want it to be wild. Yes, 100%. Don't you? <laughs> we know it. We want to make sure they never invite us back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're well on our way. Uh, all right. So, fellas, there's been a lot of talk about the Powerball. We haven't done this in like a year. I don't know that it's gotten this it's point huge, in a yeah. year. But uh, a lot of headlines. This one's from Fox Business about the Powerball being over a billion dollars. Um, do you, first of all, does anybody play it? No. I mean, I might now. I, yeah, maybe tonight. Yeah. Why not? You, you just throw one in? Why not? Like whenever, I, I guess it's like, I'm not a typical Powerball player, but like when it crosses a billion dollars. Yep. The hell with it. And do I, you randomize? I mean, no, I've never no, I, done No, no, I do not randomize. What I'll do is I'll play Michael Duncan's birthday and favorite numbers. <laughs> And then if I lose, it's his fault. But that's a great, that's a great approach. Great approach. Michael Duncan's birthday. You play Duncan? Uh, no, no, no. Duncan's mom's coming for you. For she that. is. Yeah. She, yeah. Are you gonna play? I think I might. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why not? Right. I mean, what happens if they call these numbers and they're your numbers? I mean, that's. It was, I want to go straight to Ashbrook first off. What do you do? You win the billion dollars. I'll call my friend from Duras Mutual Funds, <laughs> and I will tell him. <laughs> you know, dude. I, you know what I would do? I would try to. I would try to win the White House for Republicans. <laughs> yeah. Wow! And I would Ashford try to win, enters the field. I would try to Henry win the Bergam. No, 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 no. Gift I cards be, are out. <laughs> I'd, 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 be, I'd be a mate. I'd be a major donor. Okay. And then I would fish for the rest of my life. That's not a bad idea. Mm. I would. I. You would. You'd never see me again. Is that right? 
You just like contribute Never. to Republican politics I would and then con- live in I would contribute once to Republican politics and I'd be sayonara. I would literally fish seven days a week. I'd probably become a fishing guide, to be honest with you. That's yeah. not bad. Huh. Fascinating. All right. Duncan? Well, uh, listeners of the show know I've had some issues with travel recently. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck on O'Hare for six hours and whatnot. I think like every American, especially this summer, has dealt with this in some way. You know, there've been a lot of delays, cancellations, a lot of stuff. It's been hell. PJ, so, you got to go, PJ. Yeah. You, it, it, what an like an absolute life changer. It's a superpower. You're like Superman. You can fly anywhere. Anytime. Yeah, and you know, it's a billion dollars. So I got to think I can find a small private island I can buy with a landing strip. Plus, you can uh, depreciation on that. You can probably write it off. Write it off yeah. perfectly. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, that probably would be my number one pick. So I got to cre- get creative while Smug thinks of his. Uh, I mean, I think I've, I have the same game plan as always is you take the lump sum. I go to a country that doesn't extradite. I think if I get that kind of money, number one, Merrick Garland's going to try to just put me in jail, throw the key away. So I got to get out. You can't extradite. It's probably like Angola or something, right? So then I would just become like a, a warlord for conservative <laughs> politics, you know? I'd, I'd offer like, you know, conservative ideals, you know, not a hand out, a hand up. See, I think we can- Second co- Amendment. I think we can collaborate here because I'm along the same lines. Like the PJ is notwithstanding. Yeah, Obviously yeah. you need that situation. But what I'd like to do with the bulk of it is set up some kind of a remote community. <laughs> Hundred percent. Right. There won't be Kool Aid, but it's going to be a nice. We're not a gonna, nice community. We're not going to make nice anybody community. wear Nikes. Yeah. We're not going to make anybody drink Kool Aid. But like a remote community, we're self governed, mm-hmm. where we have traditional values and people take care of themselves. We teach kids like yeah, math and science and English and weird things like that. Yeah. It seemed, well, how what a crazy idea seem to have fallen out of uh, favor here. Yeah. Uh, and then we we have like a like a dictatorship. Yeah, I mean, well, that's got to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, also I was surprised that Duncan didn't say like you know I'd go to Waco, Texas, <laughs> get a large building <laughs> until like Janet Reno shows up and I'd the wait, place down. I'd wait for the ATF. <laughs> <laughs> right for Ruby Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Retake. be well. I'm gonna be well armed on the island. Don't you? Worry. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is like 40 years from now, people will be like, "Whatever happened to that ruthless variety program?" And like, I don't. No, I saw a headline about this guy named Duncan who like went down to the ATF. Like, mean, meanwhile, in Angola, <laughs> <laughs> we're like nothing but conga lines. I love that. All right, so did you see this headline? Uh, fantastic! It's a real shitty situation. <laughs> Human waste leaking from truck causes crashes on Connecticut highway. Of course, it's in New England. This, I, is, an a, this is an AP story. It's surprising. You nice. think people in Connecticut are used to a shitty place to live? Uh, (laughs) yeah how is this happening well you vote terribly although it doesn't uh doesn't megan live there yeah uh, connecticut's a beautiful place there there are some rare good places yeah uh they have excellent pizza you know uh was it frank pepe they got haven they do the the, the, great pizza the new haven or the neapolitan yeah i'm not a fan of the neapolitan we've 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 talked about yeah that's the floppy stuff the clam pizza, excellent, fantastic stuff. Clam pizza? You wouldn't think it's good, but hey. You're it's, right, it's I wouldn't phenomenal. think it's good. It's phenomenal. Hmm. But the majority of Connecticut is like, it's just like war-torn, and it snows <laughs> 300 days a year. It's like stunning. Well, they got like Yale and stuff, right? I mean, so yes, there are very many bad things there. Yeah, so you got to deal with that. You got to deal with shit like that. 
Anyway, human waste leaking from a tractor trailer on a Connecticut highway caused crashes, including one involving two state police cruisers Jeez. as vehicles spun out of control. Think how disgusting that must be. No major injuries were reported Monday night's mayhem on Interstate I-95 in Bridgeport. Troopers arrested the truck driver on several charges, alleging that he knew that the leak was happening while he was driving. The Rex... <laughs> He's like, I knew, but who who cares? The I don't think anybody... Man. Nobody reported an injury because they didn't want to be associated with the Dude, cause. Listen to the, hold on, listen to this. This is unbelievable. The wrecks began shortly after 11 p.m. when the leaking waste caused extremely slick conditions. This is disgusting. In the northbound lane. What? That's got to be just disgusting. Oh. Do you know how hot asphalt gets? Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, Why did you God. say this? It's like, it's like melted it's shit. It's cooking. It's, it's poop. It's oh. poop soup. Oh, jeez. the most disgusting it's thing. It's poop soup. It's probably boiling on the asphalt. Sick. Dude. <laughs> poop. Poop soup. Yeah. <laughs> that's just disgusting. That's like my vision of hell now. Like, that's got to be the worst thing possible. You're going to want mud flaps in Connecticut this week, folks, because it's a real problem. This is the worst, though. A motorcycle rider oh. lost control and fell under the oh, road. No. Ended up in the hospital with minor injuries. I mean, you know that's in, in, instantly infected. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going into a poop soup. I tell someone just run me over. Dude. Get him I'm in, not going through this. Get him antibiotics or he's going to get sepsis. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, it's shit. Yeah. It's, he's it's, fallen into shit. He's yeah. into shit. But the best part is they're like, he knew it. Yeah. How do you prove, how do they know that? Like the guy's like, bop, 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 yeah. bop, bop. He's like, well, I knew this was happening. Just driving, just driving along, looking back, being like, "What's up?" You know, remember that game? What was the game where you like put oil slicks behind you? Mario Kart, right? Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he was basically Mario Kart, but with actual only shit. with shit slips. And you like, would think on the on a motorcycle, you'd be able to smell it, though, right? Like, well, you're driving pretty fast. If you're, I mean, you're probably driving pretty fast. If he lays it, you're down, blaming the motorcycle. He lays it down. He probably thinks it's oil, and then all of a sudden, he skinned his elbow. He skinned the side of his leg, and He's laying there, and he's like, "Wait a minute, that's not oil. That's poop. That is that is human waste. That's soup. <laughs> poop soup. Honestly, like, which I, according to Michael is now hot. I, I, I think it's, this, uh, we're going through a little bit of a heat wave right now. This, you know? is, this is yet another example. Mayor Pete is the shittiest guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, to control right. transportation. In the, it's now official. First, shittiest. First, it was the rails. Then it was the cargo ships. Then planes. it was the planes. Now you get literal shit on the, shit. Shit on the freeway. <laughs> like, it could not get shittier. Mayor Pete says, "I can make it work." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is actually somewhat of a serious thing because I, I want help explaining this. U.S. government suspends funding so that Wuhan lab does not receive another dollar over stonewalling COVID probe. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hmm. Wait a minute. So this is according to the New York Post. The U.S. government has scraped funding, scrapped, I'm sorry, scrapped funding for the controversial Wuhan Institute of Virology, which has long been scrutinized as the possible origin of COVID-19, after the facility didn't fork over documents about safety and security, according to a report. President Biden's White House took action on Monday, according to a memo obtained by Bloomberg News. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I think they sort of skipped, they sort of skipped a step there. Wait, I, like admitting that they were funding it maybe would have been the first step. Yep. 
before taking credit for no longer giving them money because they won't do the thing we want them to do. Like they wrote it this way. Like New York Post isn't writing this way, but they're they're promoting this because what they want to do is take credit like they did something great when in fact they were funding it. After Tom Cotton was a racist. Right. That's the thing. Suggesting that Wuhan Institute of Virology could have played a role. It's the same group of people who were working with with Twitter to boot conservatives who brought up the lab. Yeah. Then getting the administration and like, oh shit, turns out it was true. Let's take credit for stopping it. But not only that, like Rand Paul sat in a congressional Mm -hmm. hearing uh, with Fauci. Right right there. Right there. And and, and he said, are you funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology? And he said, no, we are not. Liar. and, and, And like this went over and over again. And like it became true mm-hmm. because we found out little pieces of it. But now the Biden administration is saying we're no longer funding it. <laughs> and we, no, where, where the fuck is the consequences for Fauci? He went in front of a congressional committee and just bald faced lied. That's yeah. the thing is he was the highest paid government employee. Liar. We, exactly. Yes, there we thank go. you. Oh, some good board work. That money. He thinks he's retired and he's like, now I'm safe. Turns out there's no consequences for me lying to everybody. We need clawbacks on his salary. Bring the guy back in front of Congress, throw him in jail. It, it, I mean, it's it literally, look, we can be hyperbolic about this, but in reality, this is a serious it thing. Mm-hmm. When you get government officials who were as responsible as Tony Fauci was for the directives of policy during a pandemic in this country bald face lying to a congressional committee and a member and and letting letting everybody call tom cotton a racist letting everybody call tom cotton a kook they didn't say a peep and called and called Rand paul a kook just for asking the question these guys are simply just asking the thing that everybody else was yeah, wondering no, nobody elected anthony fauci That's to a single true. thing right but I mean, this is sort of par for the course when it comes to people lying in front of Congress. I mean, Clapper got a TV deal. He but, lied to Congress. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, all you know, I mean, Fauci's going to have a book deal. He's going to make millions of dollars. The this two is, systems of justice thing gets played out in the context of Trump, and that's fine. It's bigger than but that. we can do that. It's much bigger than that because we're dealing with people like Clapper, mm-hmm. like Fauci, who have been proven to have lied. Yes, and and it, I find it impossible impossible to believe that Tony Fauci, who was in charge of this shit, did not know that there were American dollars going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Mm -hmm. That was his job. Yep. That was literally his job. So he chose to lie about it. Where's the accountability in that? Well, the executive branch is just way, way, way too big. It is unaccountable. They they just blow off Congress. They lie to Congress and they don't they don't even care because the media is not going to call them on it. And actually the Trump campaign laid out over the weekend something that was reported in the New York Times and actually criticized by the New York Times about taking some of the power away from unelected bureaucrats. It's not a novel idea. The Trump campaign is not the only campaign mm-hmm. that's pushing for this reduction in the deep state, as some people call it, or sort of like yeah. removing some of the power from these people who are unelected and unaccountable to the people in this country who are actually in charge in this country. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the most important things that our next president can do 
to actually return power to the people mm -hmm. and take it away from from these guys who are just like making decisions that are un, they're unaccountable and when they're called to the carpet there's not there's no recourse yep there's no there's no that's the piece yep, that's the that's piece it. the no re there is recourse it's law right it is right statute it is federal law right you cannot under oath they all took oath they did they mm -hmm. all sat there and took an oath to swear to their testimony mm -hmm. and then they sat down there and they lied bald-faced lied there's never been a discussion in the press or anywhere else about an investigation into it like i would no. suspect i would suspect if there is a defense for tony fauci it would be that he wasn't aware mm. right i would suspect that but you would have to launch an investigation to find that out. Hundred yeah. percent, wouldn't you? You would have to look at the Dude, man's emails, of every course, email, of course, have his and, discussions. And, You'd and have to the, do that. All of the all of the discussion in the mainstream media is about what documents that are in Trump's garage. Fine, he shouldn't have these documents in his garage. But I want to know what are the documents that that, that Fauci and these others are not revealing. Fauci lied. People died. That's they, the difference. They, 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 there is so much shit that these guys are not telling people, and nobody in the press is pushing them to reveal it. Yep. Like, and it actually does make a difference. It, it does, actually does what have an is impact. to stop? And it may not come in the form of a health crisis. It may not come in form of a military crisis, but there will be another crisis in this country where some person that you've never met, that you've never heard of, who's an expert in their field, is standing in the White House podium and telling you what it is that they're doing to help solve it on your behalf. That person needs to know that the accountability yep. of telling the truth is certain. Mm -hmm. right. That the Department of Justice is serious about enforcing congressional testimony and false congressional testimony. They didn't have any problem. And look, I'm no fan of Steve Bannon, Bannon but they had no problem sending him up the, up the chain for an indictment on DOJ for not appearing before a, a Democrat-led committee. They had no problem right. with that. Right. What about Tony Fauci? This is bald face. The White House has the audacity, yep. yeah. has the audacity to announce that they're suspending funding that somehow never existed? Come on. Yep. Dude, like, are, are we seriously not connecting dots? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Rand is probably the only person that's told, I'm going I'm to call them yeah. after yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, we should. Because we should. I, I literally can't believe that this situation has escaped our memory hole. Yep. Yeah. When it's just, it's, all these problems, schools being closed, people dying, businesses being closed, um, you know, children not developing when they should be able to have these basic skills, everything, all of that. And it comes down to this. How this about the fact how about the fact that during this administration they released a compilation document of all the intelligence agencies the cia the dia all of the fbi and all of this stuff and their conclusion was i don't know yeah oh yeah we don't know we don't know where it came from and the fbi very quickly ray came out and he was on fox news with brett bear and he was like we know it was China and the Virology Institute. Right. Like, we, we got it. And <laughs> they're like, distance of And that was like a one day news cycle. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got the rest of the intelligence agencies in the United States basically saying, like, eh, I don't know. Okay. It comes, you know, colds come and go. And meanwhile, there are like literally 
tens of millions of people who died as a result right, of this. Right, and lost their businesses, so lost their livelihoods, and their kids are not— it, Like, it is. it was one of the greatest— problems that our government has ever laid upon the people of this country mm -hmm. and all you needed to do was transparency right nobody was saying you have to have all the answers you, you don't you, shit it's right. a once in a hundred year development right nobody's saying like you need to be the expert and save me from everything right all you need to do is say tell me what you know right and then, and then on right. the heels and of he 20 years no. earlier china had lied about avian bird flu there was a precedent for this yeah. There was a precedent for this. There was, there, there was, and like it took us one year plus to be like, oh, COVID, COVID nineteen, COVID, COVID's flu, COVID. Uh, it comes from different interactions with the uh, animal. Uh, it turns out it is like the flu. It's a little bit more aggressive and it kills people, and then it it mutates and does all these other things. Like have that conversation. Meanwhile, this guy's going before Congress saying, yeah, we we never did it. it. Yeah, not not we didn't fund it. And never did. And it. then the White House says, oh, we just suspended the funding. But oh well. Suspended the funding that never happened. It's incredible. It drives me insane. And you yeah. wonder why nobody trusts an institution in this country. Bingo. They're ruining it. This is ruining it. Mm -hmm. For they they complain all the time. The mainstream media right. and all of the shit complains all the time about how everybody distrusts every institution and about how people don't have faith and trust in elections. And like objective fact is not agreed upon any longer in this country. Right. Very difficult to come to that conclusion without also observing the fact that the guy you held on a pedestal who had Brad Pitt portraying him on Saturday Night Live is somehow lying bald faced to the American people. Well, mm -hmm. and it also, you mentioned the media, it also came on the heels of a multi-year hoax on Russia collusion. Bingo, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, dude, they have done so much damage to mm -hmm. trust in this country. And, and like the, the thing that burns me the most is that they have the audacity to hire these people who they claim are disinformation reporters when they are the ones who have spent years spreading it. They haven't apologized to anybody and said, you know what? We're sorry about that. We're moving in a different and their direction. Goal, their goal, by the way, when they say they're like they're disinformation reporters, we're focused on like big tech. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on big. Uh, let's focus on actually what their problem was. Right. Their problem was that big tech provided a platform for you. Yep. For you. Right. They, they, to ask questions, say, I don't understand. There's a bunch of COVID things. There's a bunch of coronaviruses that have been around since the beginning of time that we treat with a a, a seasonal flu shot. How is this different? Banned. Yeah. Gone. Because the government was talking to those tech companies you know behind the american people's back saying you need to take this person's post down exactly like it, it, that's it just look this is the root yeah of if you're gonna get to a point where we can get this country back on track mm -hmm. this is the shit yep that needs to get back on track and I'm telling Republicans as much as I am Democrat. Democrats, I know what they do. They'll do anything for power. They'll say anything. They'll do it, protect their own, whatever. God willing, Republicans get back into power. Tell the fucking truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. Be as transparent as possible. There's partisan edges everywhere that you can work through. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if the American people have the full vision of what's happening in this country, conservatives are going to win 100 mm -hmm. they're going to win 100 mm -hmm. oh man just i hate i'm sorry and if there's a media outlet being a dishonest broker don't talk to them you really don't need to because you can just tweet out what you're doing if you're trans if you're being transparent you don't need a filter and so if there's a dishonest filter 
Don't talk to him. And also in a media landscape where the Ruthless Variety program is doing college game day in front of the uh, Republican national debate. Right. You got places to go. Right. You got places to go. All right, fellas, let's play King of the Hill. Let's play King of the Hill. Well, I have the defending uh, champion, Steve Schmidt. I've been knocked off, so I'm bailiff. I'm the judge. And uh, who are you bringing to the table, Ashbrook? Uh, Cherry Jacobus. Oh, wow. Ooh, this is a big one. Great Um, pick. Okay, well, let's go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill in the red corner, fighting out of her own Twitter account in a bid to retain her crown. Kami Cherry Jacobus. And now, in the blue corner, fighting from his back porch in Utah, and current champion of the world, the old hat man, Steve Schmidt. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Gotta love it. Now, <clears throat> in the interest of serving this court, that's right. I have not had an opportunity to be bailiff before. Mm-hmm. But I am interested in having a forthright, transparent rule of law court. 100%. I had observed some transactions here before this game has begun that I believe there was a sharing of information. I'd like full disclosure of that. If it's disclosed to the court, it's up to the judge to rule on how you'd like to proceed. But I just want our audience to know. It sounds like fake news. I no, think. I'd like to launch a formal objection here. Okay. Um, in, <laughs> it sounds like fake news. In the production, and, and I would like to point out that the current judge and jury told me if I brought this up that he would guarantee I lose. I don't this care. This is more fake news. Because I think, I, I, think our <laughs> listeners, I think our listeners deserve the truth, and so I'm going to give it to them right now. Uh, Twitter's gotten a little bit more difficult in accessing the tweets of people who've blocked you, yes. which a lot of people have blocked us yeah, now. It turns out we're blocked by a lot. <laughs> we're doing this they don't thing. like King of the Hill. And Ashbrook had a little bit of a boomer moment when he was trying to find tweets and couldn't, couldn't get them. Uh, and so Smug assisted him with his phone. Fine. I'm, I was fine with that. But then Ashbrook was passing the phone back to Smug to screenshot the tweets so then he could use them in the game. And so I just want to make sure... He had, a, judge, he had a preview of one of the potential players. Did it, but, but these did are more it, like, they weren't I, screenshots. Did I it prejudice? Text, I just texted I, the link to Ashford. Did it prejudice the judge? It absolutely did not. But because I, you've I, now my seen... My only listen. role here is to ensure that transparency is observed. It is up to the judge yeah, and the jury uh, to make a ruling. May, well, may I'm going to be completely may honest I, at the time. You may know, I speak, I, Your Honor? May I speak, give me one second. So all I did was I sent him the links. I was drinking. I didn't even read them. I typically don't read. drinking. I did. The judge I remains. I can't even read. The we ju- do, we the do judge know you don't unbiased. read. Yeah, Your Honor, may may I speak? Please. <clears throat> I understand my um, counsel's concern He's here. He's already ruled on your behalf. Yeah, I know. He just has the. I, I, under, I understand. Just take the I understand win. counsel's concern, and I will take the win. All right. Okay. Wonderful. The judge. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There, oh there are there there are three tweets to be played. It hasn't changed. He was literally helping me with like. From, from A to B. Just send it a link. And he's a very generous, fair jury. Okay, well, okay, let's uh, have the champion have the floor. That's here right. Here now again. Uh, as champion, I get to go first in round one. 
what should I play? Okay. Go ahead and read it now. What number is it for? for, for yeah, Wolf? I'm, I'm going to go like number. I'd instruct the uh, council to proceed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, number two, please, Wolf. Steve, <laughs> Steve Schmidt. <laughs> The face in them. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He, well, he's got, I guess he's got a show now or on YouTube. And so he does these tweets a uh, lot. And as you've seen, he's, he's retweeted himself again. That's sort of how he sort of farms engagement on these things. But he says, he says, uh, Ron DeSantis's fall off the edge of the cliff will be remembered for the rest of political eternity as one of the worst political endeavors and campaigns in American history. Oh my God. DeSantis's embarrassing and floundering campaign is over. <laughs> now let me tell you why I love this tweet. <laughs> Steve Schmidt ran John McCain's campaign in 2008. Mm -hmm. A yeah. campaign that was embarrassing and floundering for a number of months, polling in the teens. Remember they had to fire everybody mm. and then this whole campaign reset? Sure. So for this guy to sit there and say, prognosticate that the guy who's polling number two in the 30s and the in the 20s has a floundering campaign that is embarrassing and over is a hilarious lack of self-awareness. That is a really good point. That's a that's a great point. That's my submission. Ashbrook, you better have some good. Okay, uh, Lee, let's put up exhibit number four, please. This is a tweet from Cherry Jacobus. God, she's something else, huh? So good. And Cherry writes, Trump is running for POTUS to avoid prison. But it also forced the weak Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel who is doing the job Garland was supposed to do, but would not. He's got a real hard on there. <laughs> for Merrick, yeah. yeah. And while it may be too late, I thank heavens for the January 6th committee and for Jack Smith. <laughs> so what I would like to point out here is that Cherry Jacobus claims to be a former Republican, um, and she thinks that Merrick Garland is not favorable enough to the Democrats' point of view and is not hard enough on President Trump, and only Jack Smith is hard enough on President Trump. I'd like Trump. to limit the arguments at that point. I agree. To the judge. I agree totally. I mean, this is another example of just you know a microwave take from Cherry Jacobus. The reason we laughed about the Merrick Garland thing is because we've heard it a hundred times. Yeah, it's a kind of weak brew. Super weak. First round goes to Duncan. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You better bring something good, Ashbrook, because man, that was just terrible. Okay, uh, Lee. <laughs> I mean, she said Merrick Garland tried to kill her. <laughs> I mean, that's a better yeah, take. That was you a know? better I mean, one. Way like, better take. Yeah. Like, this lady's got stuff. <laughs> Lee, I would like uh, to present to the to the court um, exhibit number six, please. This is from Cherry Jacobus. And it's titled <laughs> A Helpful Guide. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the help the helpful guide from Cherry Jacobus reads Prosecco ninety calories. Dry Riesling. 115 to 120 <laughs> calories. Sauvignon Blanc. Do we have to read all 120 of them? calories? I'm we sure do, Council. Chardonnay, 120 calories. Pinot Grigio. 120 to 125 calories. Pinot Noir, 120 calories. Cabernet Sauvignon. 120 to 125 calories. And Brut Champagne. 
Last but not least, hundred and twenty. Did she have? Calories. Did she have one? Did she have one of each before she wrote this? The best part is, it's that's it. Yeah, it's not like a no commentary on anything. Just, that's the that's tweet. Helpful guy. I mean, I love this. I mean, this is just incredible, incredible. Because like we've had this theory of like, okay, she talks about cats, and and like this goes with the whole like she's just drinking wine with these crazy cats dropping fire takes. And this, like, just helpful guy. It's the, do, you, do you have a, do, do you know roughly what time it was? Your Honor, uh, this was done at 6.06 p.m. Oh, right in the <laughs> this <end>. is the, <laughs> Right in the breadbasket. She's like, you know, I'm going to keep it healthy. It's just two bottles of Prosecco. <laughs> Your Honor, Your Honor, one of the associate, one of the associates at my firm called it the Lib Lady Food Pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is well. That's going to be tough. Well That's played. That's so good. Uh, Wolf, let's go to one. Uh, Steve Schmidt, this is one of the few tweets that he didn't RT himself, although he, he wrote a lot of other ones about the same topic. He does that as well. He sort of repeats himself in his uh, timeline a lot. Steve Schmidt writes, As it stands today, the Republican field has three contenders in it. They are Trump, Christie, and Scott. More on the profound disconnect between the race that is developing and the one that is being covered which I love this. And the reason why I love it, similarly to the reason I love the other one, and this is a guy who's a never Trump Republican, worked closely with the Lincoln Project, obviously one of the founding members and all that sort of stuff. I also recently completed that documentary, finally. It's hilarious, I highly recommend people check it out. But like, <laughs> there is nobody <laughs> more scared of the idea that Ron DeSantis might actually beat Donald Trump than the Lincoln Project people. Yeah. And so they're, they're bending over backwards here to sort of erase him from the conversation, even though the guy raised $150 million and is polling number two in the primary. The guy's just embarrassing himself. I mean, it's an okay take, but man, the, the, the lib food pyramid. Lib, oh, the I mean, wine mom food pyramid. You can't beat okay. that. Around two, that's Cherry Jacobus. Outstanding well, I was smart. I was smart to throw away my weakest take. Although I did like I did like one thing you didn't mention for our audio listeners only mm -hmm. is the Dewey defeats Truman. Yeah, sort of apropos of nothing. Apropos, yeah. Like I don't understand how it fits in there. I think you got to subscribe uh, to his YouTube to learn more. You I don't learn know. More, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Wolf, uh, let's go to number three. <laughs> it's another uh, video post here. Steve Schmidt writes, Why have President Biden and the Democrat Party been unable to break the demagogic and autocratic fever of the MAGA movement after being in charge for four years? This is my favorite part. This is the best part. As a Biden supporter, Team Biden needs an answer to this question if they are going to defeat Trump and fend off a challenge from no labels. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so this is funny for a number of reasons. Yeah. Number one, this guy who's supposed to be the principal conservative announces that he is a Biden supporter yeah. in 2024. Half Regardless, of the, half of the Democratic Party isn't a, Bi a Biden supporter in 2024. <laughs> but but like also Asa Hutchison could be the nominee and this guy be like, right. no, Biden. that's a Biden supporter. Yeah. Number one. Number two, the fucking audacity of this guy to think that Joe Biden and his team owe him an answer. Him as a Biden supporter. Him, the never Trump guy who made all this money it, from Democratic donors 
you know, putting up ads against Republicans. Like, dude, you're on the take. You're fine. We don't need to fucking answer you. <laughs> and then number three, the absolute brainworms to suggest the real problem here is you're going to have to fend off a tough challenge from no labels. <laughs> It's just the trifecta. The, the no labels reference it's is just, incredible. Oh, so good. Okay, uh, Lee, please, uh, please put up exhibit number five. So what you'll see here, Your Honor, is a um, as an unheard of bot account, Nadius Maximus. <laughs> Who is, and I'll just describe this in, in, uh, in consistency. So, so their Twitter court. handle is Resistor Dude. Hmm. Classic. I, At Resistor Dude. As bailiff, I'll remind you of the rules that it is not to be read word for word, but rather summarized and characterized in counsel's best views, not exceeding the word limit that is in the tweet itself. Thank you, bailiff. I'll, I will strive. That's fair. To, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Your Honor. I'll strive to do that. So what uh, Nadius Maximus is, is looking. <laughs> looking to do here is point out uh, to their Twitter audience that um, Jack Smith should hold President Trump without bond <laughs> put him in prison uh, when he shows up for his booking okay. and uh, Nadius Maximus points out that that's what was done for the January 6th um, uh, rioters uh, and that same thing should be done to President uh, Donald Trump. Okay, that's that's what this person. Okay. I've never heard. I've not heard this. Well, we are okay. now. We are okay. now in okay. excess okay. of the word limit. So then, what does Sherry say? For, for our listeners who don't see it on YouTube, Sherry said, "This is the most important tweet of the day, <laughs> bar none. <Yeah>. Period." <laughs> there are a lot, lot, a lot of tweets that go out during a day. 10, the, the 15 natural, you million. Know. As bailiff, I feel compelled to also inform our audio-only listeners that the tweet handle itself is at resistor. Dude. I mean, you cannot, yeah. this this is yeah. hilarious on multiple levels. The, the whole thing of this is the most important tweet of the day, <laughs> bar none. Resistor dude, take it away. Can He's I, like, lock him up. Can I? No bail. Uh, for the assistance of the court, I believe that it is important that we do have some kind of indication, uh, albeit, you know, rough, what resistor dude oh, following is to know oh, just... Are we all working on Ashbrook's team now? No, or? I just want to, I want to know how... I thought well, that was his nope, job. this actually falls in your favor. Resistor dude is a very formidable liberal account uh, that has 27,000 uh, followers. Would, oh. you, would you please read how many people Resistor Dude is following? 19,000 followers. Mm. Yeah, you see that a lot with the the blue wave emoji people. Yeah. That, big in the follow back. Would you please read okay. the description of Resistor Dude? Okay, are we just... Allow, Your Honor. I will allow <laughs> just, it. I'll allow it's it. Just, okay. This guy just filibusters the uh, whole thing. I'll allow I, it. I, I'll allow it. I will, I will Keep take saying it. I'm cheating, Duncan. I'll allow this. We can't. Well, if he allows it, oh, then I'll, I'll read it. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Hashtag send Putin back to hell. <laughs> and then and then, and then, then the next one is... Um, Sanskrit. <laughs> okay. 
Are we? I believe it's Arabic. Are we evaluating his tweet or or Sherry Sherry Jacobus? I think. Look, I think that this is off the rails. He can speak for himself, but I think the judge wanted to know just how obscure. Naughtiest Maximus. I guess. Actually well, I was. read a tweet and he got to read War and Peace now. So I think, given all this information, it's become very clear. Ashbrook's the winner here. <laughs> That's an incredible tweet. That is Thank ridiculous. you, Your Honor. That I was mean, the weakest. I think Duncan group. deserves punishment. Five hundred people and said he that. Deserves punishment for these lies. It's just unbelievable. That it's is just not ridiculous. It's not only the winner, but it doesn't deserve punishment. I was punishment. completely fucking robbed. No bail My tweet for was Duncan. a thousand times better than that. No bail for Duncan. Every lib on Twitter was saying, "Hold him in jail." Unbelievable. Ashbrook, he congratulations said he, he on the win. got to fend off a challenge from no labels. And you guys are like, nah, not good enough. A- Ashbrook, do you have any, do you have any like, advice for Duncan on how to win? Better luck next time. <laughs> okay. I guess when you have the whole the whole court are your 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 co-counsels. Order. Fucking ridiculous. Order. Order. I thought we were, were going to get a forensic reenactment of the tweet from you two over here. Well, we were simply providing the audience with uh-huh. the full context. Sure. I, I want to apologize on behalf of Michael Duncan for being a sore loser. I know, I know T-Rex will have my back. All right. So we got to go to this interview, fellas. This is a great one. You are not going to want to miss it. Bernie Moreno. I want to welcome to the program a good friend. He's been here before. You've heard him before. We've had a good time last time, although it was video. Now you're here in person. Ohio Senate candidate Bernie Moreno. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you for having me. You know, my wife is, I'm going to confess this right up front, she's the bigger fan. I know that's a mean thing to she's say. She's also your better half, and it's not even close. Oh, no no question. <laughs> but I just want to know that sometimes I wake up to your voices. <laughs> it's slightly disturbing as my wife is listening to your show. So Okay, you're good. good. No, I'm my, glad my, to hear my wife agrees, you know? <laughs> but she wakes you up to your voice on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waking up to your voices just not by choice. His wife has never listened to the show. Neither is mine. Really? Yeah, no. no. Wow. They don't wow, care wow. for our voices. Other well, my wife's voices. available for training if you want. Uh, <laughs> train your spouses on how to listen to the show, how to get it. Is you know, understand right? the humor, dissect it a little bit. Is that bit. right? Absolutely. She's willing to do that. Like a 10 part class or Absolutely. something? That Maybe a helpful. master class. We can do that via Zoom. Okay, okay, okay. That can be done. Or you guys can come to Ohio, by the way, the greatest state in America. No. You know, of course, you know that, John. A- right? Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Often overlooked, though. Often overlooked. Well, this is his the East Coast. Thing. Yeah. Is, is this your? Is this part of your deal too? Is it like when you're from Ohio, you constantly have to talk about how aggrieved you are? It's the uh, Notre Dame version of states, okay. right? You know what I mean. Somebody went to Notre Dame, they always tell you they went to Notre Dame. And if you're from Ohio, you always have to say how great Ohio is. It's just part of the shtick. But I, I think, like, you know, when you're talking about the United States Senate and control here in 2024. I feel like everyone's talking West Virginia, they're talking Montana, and sometimes they're sort of forgetting what a huge, huge Senate race we have in Ohio. Huge. And, and uh, you know, this is a race we can clearly win. Right. 70, you know, here's the reality. Sherrod Brown has been there his whole entire life. He's the one guy in America who's only been in a public elected official, never had a job outside of doing that. Right. Been there God. way too long. Yeah. Control of the U.S. Senate really does ride through Ohio. We have seven media markets, very expensive, seventh largest state in the country. I mean, obviously, Montana and West Virginia are important, but they're much smaller states. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, you are just kind of getting into politics. You, you threw your hat in the ring. For a while, in 22, took a look at it, decided you were going to make endorsements. You wanted to work for the better of the of the Republican Party and our candidates there. We got over the finish line, obviously. You decided now is a good time to jump back in. You're part of a primary that, you know, look, it's going to be a tough primary, but I, I, 
we're in a good spot to pick this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we want to do, what I'm working to avoid, is spending a lot of money in this primary, making it uh, ruthless yeah. uh, primary <laughs> where where we attack each other. I'm not going to attack my opponents in the, in the primary. They're very both very, very nice guys. Uh, uh, but the reality is we need people who are outsiders to come in here, people who've created businesses, mm-hmm. know what it's like to be accountable. Replacing a career politician like Sherrod Brown with another career politician isn't exactly the right recipe in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, you know, I'm going to have a superpower in D.C. I don't know if you know that. Oh, no, no. Because you don't see my cape. My <laughs> superpower is that I wasn't born in America, as you know. I can never be president of the United States. Yeah. I'll be something? the one senator. Who can't and, look in the mirror and see a president. And, and Incredible. so as a result, don't care about taking credit. Don't care about how it affects my career because my career will end when my Senate career ends. And I think that allows me to really uh, hmm. uh, drive the waters of D.C. very differently than somebody who's thinking, what's my next committee assignment? How does this play in Iowa? Does this help me in New Hampshire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of that. I'm free to live. Well, it's, look, it's a fascinating perspective. It's an interesting part of your message. For those of you who have not listened for the last two plus years to the Ruthless Friday program. Give us a little background. Give us Sure, a I'll give you uh, Bernie in uh, 60 seconds. Yeah, let's all do right? it. Born in South America, moved to the U.S., to South Florida, where all of us go to get sorted. <laughs> um, that's where we ended up. I ended up going to Michigan. I know, John, sorry about that. But if you're a Hispanic kid growing up in South Florida and you want to run General Motors, that's where you go to school. Uh, went to work for Saturn Corporation uh, when I was a kid. Met a car dealer in Boston who said, hey, come run one of my dealerships. I'd never worked in a dealership in my life. Uh, took that dealership over, became very successful, eventually became the vice president of that company. 18 years ago, get a call, said, hey, we've got the worst dealership in the country. It's in North Olmsted. I said, where's that? It said, it doesn't matter. It's the worst dealership in America. <laughs> Sells four cars a month, loses a ton of money. We'd like you to buy it. <laughs> I, said, I said, with that sales pitch, you would turn that deal down. But proof I have a great wife, by the way, which is I sold every possession I had in my life. And I'm, when I tell you that, not exaggerating, every possession I had in my life to buy this I mean, that's dealership. that's a risk. My mom let me mortgage her home as Whoa. long as the mortgage was in my name. Hmm. Then charged me a VIG. This is so smart. Oh, Don't did feel, you? Yeah, she charged me a 5% VIG. So good. My sister lent me her kids' college tuition money in May uh-huh. as long as I paid her back by September. That's how I started that dealership. No Turn- way. These folks had some faith in you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that dealership went from selling four cars a month to 80 in our first month, eventually became the largest seller of luxury automobiles anywhere in the Midwest. Wow. 20,000 cars a year, 15 locations, wow. 30 brands, a billion dollars in revenue, and then started a tech company because that's what you do when you're a car dealer. Uh, <laughs> it's the next obvious yeah, step, obvious. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And that tech company sold uh, technology uh, to states to uh, revolutionize their titling system. Uh, Jim Justice was our first client. Oh, um, nice. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah, West Virginia is a the- A potential colleague. Uh, potential colleague, the absolute leader in uh, BMV technology. I sold that business about five or six weeks ago because I do believe that when you come to DC, you should have conflicts of interest. And that would yeah. be a big one, right? I'm wow. selling systems to state governments. But yeah. uh, when the company goes public uh, and does a billion dollar plus IPO, I will both cheer and cry <laughs> uh, because I sold my shares. So <laughs> this better work, right? Your family He's like, hey, thanks. Hey, thanks a lot, Dad. Thanks, Dad. That yeah, was great. Exa- Here's for looking out, yeah, huh? Exactly. They'll have a what could have been. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the reality is our country's going off a cliff. Let's yeah. just be honest about it. And it's career politicians, people who come down here. It's not to serve the country. It's really to serve themselves. And I want to change that. I want to lead a movement of people where we think about D.C. as this is where the most accomplished Americans come to serve their country. That's the way it always used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it needs to be again in order for us to turn this whole thing around. Exactly. That's exactly the, the point of view that I think we need to embrace more. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So let me ask you this. You get into that. I mean, look, you, you know now what politics looks like. You've been a part of the scene here for a little bit. It's obviously an ugly business, right? I mean, anything you've ever done, anything you've ever said, stuff that's not even controversial becomes controversial. You're now in the midst of it. It didn't shy you away from running again. No, because the the cause is too great. Yeah. At the end of the day, this country means everything in the world to me. My parents could have taken me anywhere else on earth. I would never have accomplished what I did here anywhere else. My story is not unique to Amer- uh, uniquely. It's a uniquely American story, uh, but it is the place where this kind of stuff can happen, mm-hmm. where you can start with nothing and create something. And we got to fight for that. And the reality is, I have four kids, one grandkid, two on the way. And this is about giving them the country in better shape than when I got here. Yeah. And I'm not prepared to look at our kids and your kids and say, hey, listen, sorry. We had a great ride, man. America was amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we're turning over to bankrupt and a mess. Uh, that's what we're fighting for. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you've started hot. Yeah, that's, that's a damn good elevator speech. Had me. <laughs> <laughs> started hot. I got the covered in smug investment. Yeah. So I was like... <laughs> Listen, he's cheesy. He's cheesy. <laughs> he's cheesy. Yeah, he's not, cheesy. But, but, but not those... cheap. I just want to make sure you guys <laughs> <laughs> can't be both. But along those lines, you've already gotten some significant endorsements. Yes, we have. We have. We got. Uh, so we got Charlie Kirk. He's only endorsed a couple uh, centers, me and Lee, uh, uh, Lee Banks. Um, uh, so uh, we we've got. Um, we got Rick Grinnell, we got Cash Patel, we got, of course, most importantly, uh, J.D. Vance, most importantly because obviously he's the other senator mm-hmm. in, in Ohio. So we're feeling really good about that. J.D. doesn't want me to go through what he went through. It was a uh, $70 million primary. That silly, was a big right? one. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy amount of money spent for no reason. So we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. And again, that's a great example. Is I've, I've brought this up before, is you see candidates who are team players. And the, the fact that you saw that he's got that, you stepped out, Tried to help make sure he wins. Come across the finish line, and that's how like, that's how a team works. Yeah, that's, that's how you everyone wins together. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he he had me do a few speeches for him up in Northwest Ohio, where it was hard for him to get to. All he couldn't get everywhere, and there was a lot of uh, angst out there because he went through this competitive primary, right? So there was a lot of people at the beginning of the, of the room when you're working a room and tell me kind of what are people's minds. They'd say, "Oh, we don't like JD, etc." I do. I know him. He's a friend. So I would start the speeches by saying, hey, just to be clear, he wasn't my first choice either. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But here we are, and he's going to be a great senator, which he has been. Mm we got to get support behind him. Tim Ryan would be an abject disaster. And uh, he's doing a great job. I'm very proud of J.D. Yeah, no, he is doing a great job. Plus, you know, I mean, look, you venture into Brown's country. Not everybody's going to endorse that situation. you got to carry the water there. Well, you know, it's you know, we all have to do our part. <laughs> Bernie, you're from the northern part of the state. Uh, and Sherrod Brown is from the northern part of the state. You've got great endorsement here from J.D. Vance, who's from the southern part of the state. But I wonder if you could walk our audience through how you plan to win over the southern part of the state in this. I mean, obviously, you got a, you got a primary, but looking forward to the general, how do you, how do you get those southern Ohio voters into the box? Um, and, you know, traditionally, this is Because Sherrod Brown's been a tough party, out state, But, but Sherrod yeah. Brown has been a very, very tough out. Yeah, no question. So my wife and I moved to Columbus. Uh, geographically, a lot easier to travel the state than going from Cleveland. So we live in Columbus now. Cincinnati's an hour and a half away. I actually built a dealership in the Cincinnati market, so mm. I know people down there. And the answer is you just got to get out there. Uh, we've traveled 1,500, 2,000 miles a week mm. all over Ohio. Uh, the endorsements that we just announced were 120-plus endorsements from all over the state. Wow. 
So we're really working hard. I, I am uh, fully unemployed, uh, looking for government work, by the way. Uh, so this allows me to do this full time. So I'm not encumbered by a taxpayer funded salary uh, that I can rely on and have to somewhat pay attention to, not, a, not to knock my two opponents, but to knock my two opponents. But so this allows me to go out and spend seven in the morning to, to 10 o'clock at night every single day, mm. which is what we do. I mean, we work really hard. No Nobody, nobody's not working. And, and meeting everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you also raised a lot of money. We did. And, and by the way, set a record for fundraising from Ohio donors in yeah. one quarter. Really proud of that. Most of our money came from Ohio. So somebody hears you and you give your pitch and they write you a check. Mm -hmm. That's the best kind of endorsement you can get, right? So for us to break that record, uh, you know, my, my opponent, God bless him, uh, was born right. Uh, he's put in $4 million into his campaign and after six months got $3.8 million on hand. That's not great math. That's just Dolan. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Not great math because that means that you are burning more than you are getting from donors. You can't sustain that unless you're the federal government. Is he already uh, running TV ads? Not really. No, not no. So, so this is just number. operations. Okay. Right. Yeah. So we are going to we'll put in whatever money we need to. But uh, you know, everybody asked me that question. I said, you know, I do know how to play poker. Yeah. <laughs> answer that question. But you know, I'm in this to win it. Uh, yeah. This isn't something I'm doing as a fun exercise because it's not the natural well you wouldn't do. do it after you got a taste of it unless you really wanted to do yeah, it. yeah it's as i say it is a soul-sucking process it is, um, right but like i said the cause is there i mean you're yeah. either called to something or you're not uh there's times where i wonder you know should i be spending time with my kids and my grandkids you know this country's giving me so many blessings but then i go right back to it which is if we don't each of us get in the fight in our own way by the way we do have to put the oar in the water harder uh, this is a great country. It's worth fighting for. There's no greater cause. Yeah. Do you find, because you dipped your toe in last cycle and you went around and met a whole lot of people, uh, now that you're meeting everybody for second, third, fourth time, you now have a relationship that you're developing across the state when you know, you're starting flat-footed, particularly for a Senate race. I think it's different for almost any other race. But for a Senate race, people are always a little skeptical first time they meet you. Yeah, who the heck are you? Yeah. And, and why should I vote for you, let alone write you a check? So that's why we were able to raise a record amount of money from Ohio is that people now know me. They know what I'm about. They've gotten a chance to, to hear me. So I think when we do that, I think we're going to uh, be very successful. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to win, by the way. Your, your minion should know. We're going to win. We will get this country back. In 2025, we will have a conservative government. We'll have the House. We'll have the Senate. We'll have the White House. And we're going to get stuff done. We can't make any more excuses. We can't be in power and say, oh, yeah, but we don't have a filibuster-proof majority. No. Baloney. We have seen that the left delivered for their extremist base. Mm -hmm. We have to show America what it's like to live under a conservative government, which means more freedom, more, more liberties, a growing, prosperous economy. We got to do that. We will do that. What, what would be the first thing you'd want to tackle in Washington? We got to fix the border. We got to fix the border. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinarily offensive to somebody like me who came here legally, mm -hmm. followed the process. 13 years to become a citizen. It was one of the greatest days of my life to be able to be sworn in as a U.S. citizen. It should be a high standard. How, how old are you, by the way? 18. 18? Wow. Yep. So you were like fully just, well, I mean, it's hard to say. In an 18-year-old, you're still a kid, but you're an adult. So you have full memory. I mean, that must be like I remember one like of the moments of your wedding day and the birth of your children. Like, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is the greatest honor, right? Yeah. It should be an honor. So when you see people crossing our border and being rewarded who are breaking our laws, mm -hmm. 
It's a kick in the gut. Yeah. And the reality is, as you know, this can be fixed. We have to make it very simple. If you cross our border illegally, you forfeit your right for asylum. That shouldn't be controversial. Mexico has got to play ball. We have to give them a choice. Colombia was provided a choice when we were under narco attack. You are our largest trading partner for legal goods. You're also our largest trading partner for illegal goods. Mm. Which one would you like to be? Mm. Yeah. Right? And you give them that choice. Colombia made the choice, wiped out the drug cartels there. We have to do the same thing with Mexico mm -hmm. and work with them as a partner. We want Mexico to be a strong democracy that's a good partner for America, but they can't do that and allow what's going on there. R related to the border, do you hear a lot? I'm, I'm curious, sort of you know, on the ground in Ohio, because I know Ohio has been devastated by the fentanyl crisis. Do you hear that a lot on the ground when you talk to voters? Yeah, sadly, we're in a situation where we're one or two degrees apart from knowing somebody personally who yeah. died of fentanyl, uh. which is pretty remarkable. Uh, to be in that situation, it's devastating. Uh, they understand that this border has made us a border state, a border town. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to take care of that situation. So that's, that's job one. The board, and by the way, it can be done quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it, your candidacy is interesting for a lot of reasons. Um, one is obviously your previous experience in 2022, but also the way you've approached this one, you're reaching out to every segment of the Republican Party. Generally speaking, in modern days, people, they, they, they try to like pigeonhole themselves who they are basically. And you've basically said, everybody within the party is in, within my purview. I'm going to meet with everybody and talk with everybody. Um, what do you think that that, like, what's the benefit of that? we got to be all board. we got to yeah. be all board. I, I, we put out these endorsements and it was kind of funny. I got a call. This guy's a rhino. He's an establishment yeah. hack, right? right? And then the next phone call, that guy's a crazy conspiracy theorist. And my team goes, oh my God, what are you thinking about this? I said, mission accomplished. <laughs> we need everybody uncomfortably on board. Yeah, And the reality is we're not the enemy. The enemy is these extreme far left people who have a different mm -hmm. vision for the yeah. country. And if we can kick each other all day long, but at the end of the day, that doesn't win elections. You know, look at the Democrats. They have objectively the worst human that you could possibly pick for to be president of the United States, <laughs> right? But they've all lined up behind them. Yep. 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 And we will absolutely kill each other until the last moment on the convention floor, right? There'll be one guy left as the janitors cleaning up signs going, but this guy shouldn't win, right? And the Democrats are all lined up behind We're Biden. competitive like yeah, that. Yeah, and by the way, I shouldn't say this because I'm trying to reform the name Bernie, but Joe Biden will become weekend at Bernie's pretty soon, right? They're going to wheel this guy out, right? There's, there's going to be a string, the guy waving, the head flopping. All right, take him back, right? And then all these lunatics, which is what he has in his administration, are going to do destructive policies in America, which is, you know, that's what's where really the power is, is these people who you don't know mm -hmm. who are making terrible decisions mm -hmm. about how to run our country. Although clearer once we understood the cocaine situation, right? Clearer. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes a lot more sense, honestly, right? I mean, look, a guy from Colombia, he knows it when he sees it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there we go. Oh my God! Uh, so, what we so, have here? so so we are very good in Colombia about growing different things, as you know. <laughs> a lot of crops were really uh, fertile there, but we are also uh, known. I know you guys are all bourbon guys, right? Yeah. Very very you're fancy gonna, you're bourbon guys. You're going to reform us right here. Right? You're gonna, I'm going to reform you. So this is called. You, you got to say it properly. Aguardiente. Aguardiente. Oh, muy bien. Yeah, right, perfect. Good. So it will about two shots in. You're fluent in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, it's not as strong as bourbon is what you think. Okay. And then you, then you realize your body does uh, react differently. But you, you should try it. It's very good. So, uh, so like, what, what are you, is, is it tequila? Yeah, what's it made of? What, what is it? It's the devil's the devil's water. I have no idea what it's made of. Nobody asked that question. We don't ask those questions. No, it's actually, believe it or not, this is what rum looks like before it goes into the barrels. So it's free rum before the barreling makes it have color and take some of the alcohol content I was just going to say, what the barreling does is actually decrease the alcohol. correct, exactly. So you're giving us literally liquid suicide. (laughs) (laughs) This makes life much clearer. (laughs) You have no more questions to ask once you've taken a couple shots. What do you drink this with? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't mix it with anything. No, it's no ice, nothing. No, 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 boom, boom. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you take a shot, done. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I I would recommend Josh take a take a shot. See what you see what. Okay, it's like. you guys ask him a few questions. Okay. Gonna we're gonna, see, okay. we're gonna okay. see how this works okay. for Josh. I, there I, you go. I do I do have a question. I do have a question. So we've talked about how Sherrod Brown is a very very tough out in Ohio, and some people say that he's lived kind of a charmed life. You know, he's had easy cycles year in and year out, but. There are a lot of things to say about the guy. There are a lot of attacks that uh, your predecessors have made and, and, and places they've come up short. And I'm just wondering what you see as his biz- biggest weakness this time around that you feel like mm-hmm. will make the difference. So I'd say, th- I'd say three things. Number one, just been there too long. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Democrats, independents, Republicans, they don't like lifers. They don't like somebody who graduates from college and then all of a sudden you're in your 70s and you've never done anything in your life. Uh, other than be an elected official. Number two, this job is really about representing Ohio in the United States Senate, so you should represent Ohio, but he doesn't represent Ohio. He represents Massachusetts. He's Massachusetts' third senator. You got Mm -hmm. Markey, Warren, and Brown. Mm -hmm. So you need a senator that represents Ohio. And then most importantly, number three, is the votes he takes do not help American workers. The Mm -hmm. people he claims to advocate for, the middle class, the Mm -hmm. worker, those are our people. Mm Our policies help grow our middle class, have them thrive. His policies crush the middle class, and we'll mm-hmm. expose that. Oh, it's really well said. I'm going to do it. Vamos. Oh, my gosh, it's quite good. Yeah, see, there you go. There I mean, you go. I, see I, what I, you I'm, think. I'm worried about what's going to happen in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Can you... <laughs> Can you guys uh, find me a place to stay tonight? <laughs> right. I mean, look, it's good. Uh, listen, two more shots. You're talking Spanish. Five more shots. <laughs> that, that you're doing the mariachi dance. I mean, you're, it's fantastic. But it's Ten good, right? shots on Pablo Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The next guest will be like, "Let me introduce you to my little friend." <laughs> I love it. It's so good. All right, wait, hold on. You need to ask. Bernie, our animal question, because okay. he, he was here before, so he got the three questions. Yeah, so you, so you've, so the audience has heard your answer to our three most important yes. questions, but there is a fourth question which is not irrelevant. I mean, our audience is very, very interested in the entire animal kingdom and who can take on what animal at what point. So we have to ask you this, Bernie Moreno: What is the biggest <laughs> animal that you could take on mano a mano and win? Bare hands. Well, that's easy. I have two of them in my primary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> the rhino. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we got to take out the rhino. Wow. All right? No, we don't, need, we don't need to kill him. No. We just need to reform them, right? <laughs> so we just need to retrain the rhino. That's definitely definitely the most creative answer. That is that's wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was the right. first non-literal answer that we've had I'll for sure. It. No, I mean, look, smart, <laughs> great, great. Best. <laughs> You've been thinking about it. I can tell somebody listens to the program. But, uh, uh, well, like I said, uh, she may be listening to you guys a little too much. Uh, just, <laughs> you, just you know, I, I I shouldn't say these things. This is where you know maybe I'm not a full-time uh, politician. My whole life is <laughs> not enough media training. But my wife said to me, "Don't you dare embarrass me on that show." <laughs> <laughs> too late. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a personal relationship? <laughs> We're friends. We're all friends. I love it. So, all right. So for those who want to follow along, stay up to date with your campaign, perhaps help out if they're in Ohio or, or wherever, where can they do that? Well, you know, there was uh, these very wise political consultants that said something that really resonated with me, which is when the left gets mad, they go and donate money on Winred. Mm. When the right gets mad, they vent on Facebook. That's right. right. He's, he's been listening. And so yeah. I thought that was the actually true, and I use that in rallies all the time. Yeah. So when we go and have events, we talk about that. $5 is meaningful, $10 is meaningful, $25 is meaningful. We're really proud of the fact that we've gotten a lot of low dollar yeah. contributions. That matters a lot. Does. They can do that on Bernie Marino, M-O-R-E-N-O.com. Follow me on Twitter for, uh, fantastic hot takes that my team <laughs> loves. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to pause you on that. So you got this thing in your pocket. There's nobody running this thing. You're on it. I, it is. It actually comes from my own device. It's so funny because when I hear politicians going, you know, I put this on Twitter, uh, you, you wouldn't know how to log into the yeah. app. Okay, let's just be honest. You have some 25-year-old taking directions from five consultants, making sure every word is perfectly checked. I just go on there and I, I those are my thoughts. Those are me typing that nobody That's the else. way to do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Fire them out there. Fire them out there, right? Preferably before the three shots before of Alvariente. Right, exactly. I mean, there's nobody who's made himself more unelectable than comfortably smug. So I'm not, I am not sure that he's, he's not running. Way. He's no. not the he's one the, to He's not the dark horse candidate that we're all looking for. <laughs> no, we're going to confirm him to a Supreme Court someday. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> lifetime appointment. Perfect. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> With your help. Listen, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. I know that this is going to be a hard race, but absolutely essential that we get to the finish line, and I'm glad you're doing it. No, absolutely. You should invite Sherrod Brown on. I think he would love it. Do you think he would love I it? I would love it. He would love it. Absolutely. I, you know, you know he, and as an aside, he actually lived in my apartment building years ago Did before really? I got married to my wife. I would come down to the the you know the lobby to get my mail or whatever, and he'd be down there milling around. To clarify, the same building. Yeah, not in the same. <laughs> just yeah, well, we're, I, roommates. <laughs> we're roommates. Thank you. Just want to clarify, some of your minions could be confused. They're like, why is Josh rooming with Sharon Brown? That was, and that's why that's you a should, political story right that's there. That's why you should vote for Fra Frank Larose. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that went wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. We love you. Thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. Stay in touch. Give us everything that you've, you're working on, what you're doing. We want to. This is one of the most important races in the entire country. So we want to stay up to date. You got it. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you for your doing. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime a guy from Ohio comes into the variety program, you know it's going to be a good day. I knew you were going to have that take, but I will say that he did exceed all expectations. He brought us 
uh, aguardiente, which is phenomenal. Wow. Great pronunciation. Isn't that good? You're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Was... You drink half a bottle and all of a sudden you can speak fluent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it after we recorded, but like, you know, the guy sold cars. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the toughest sales to get done in any line of work. Yeah. Right? You're, you're asking people to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a depreciating liability. It's like the largest transaction you make that doesn't appreciate in your life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? Yep. And so, I mean, if you if you come up and you're very successful in doing that, you know you can charm the pants off people. And he charmed us. Yeah, sure. he did. Excellent interview. It was good. All right, I think we did it. I think we did it. Absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen. Thank you to Chairwoman Ron McDaniel. We will see you at that pregame show. And thank you so much to Bernie Moreno. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Friday. Stay ruthless.